You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide, as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Welcome, everybody, this Mother's Day weekend to TPC. I'm your host, James Edwards, along with Keith Alexander. It's already starting to warm up down here, temperature-wise, in the Mid-South, and we're going to make sure it's red hot on your radio tonight, red hot and rolling, as always. Matter of fact, matter of fact, we've got so much news to cover uh, this evening, an exceedingly interesting week of news it has been that we had to call in uh, one of the heavy hitters. Uh, on our roster of guests, Tim Murdoch himself, the very popular commentator and content producer, just to help us uh, shoulder the load and help us sort through uh, a lot a lot of this stuff. I am telling you, this week has delivered, if you want uh, fast-paced and punchy opinions and analysis on a lot of stuff that has really piqued our interest, that's for sure. Keith, you want to say hello real quick before we bring Tim on? Yeah, it's great to have Tim back on the show, I tell you. It's uh. Uh, he can handle any topic that we have, basically. Yeah, he, I was saying that at supper tonight. We were pre-show uh, preparing that uh, this is, Tim's just a great utility and guy. And he's almost been out there as long as we have. He may be in, even predating us. I don't know. He got his start. Uh, he's one of the few people that say a, f- a former member of the Reagan administration gave him his start. But uh, his good friend and ours, Bob Whitaker, uh, and uh, Tim has certainly taken the work of uh, Bob and uh, – expanded it and furthered it well anyway all that being said tim welcome back to the show how are you tonight i'm doing fantastic always happy to be on the political cesspool always great to be with you too over at uh, white rabbit radio and we'll give uh, folks all your contact information here in a moment Uh, but you and i were talking uh, earlier today and texting each other yesterday just so much going on and the topics that i said i'd like to cover were topics you were already planning to cover over there at your at your own place but let, let's start with the truck i think and listen just to give you an idea folks we're going to be talking about uh, what could be the latest race hoax senator tommy tuberville's comments on white nationalists we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about E. Jean Carroll. We're going to be talking about the non, the latest non-white white supremacists. We're going to be talking about uh, the Trump town hall, and that's where I want to start because to me, uh, this this was was pretty interesting. Not just what we heard from Trump because we've heard it before, but the fact that CNN would air uh, Trump unmolested and uh, that the audience in New Hampshire that this town hall was lapping it up and the media was apoplectic after uh, it aired at uh, what uh, they had seen transpire and we're going to break it down now Tim do you want to take the first shot at that one sure I I think what we're seeing is uh, what Trump does very well he's on the stump and on the stump he can be damn near unbeatable uh, at least by the current crop by the current crop 
one of the challenges historically with conservatives is we're, you're, you're dealing historically with a term that Bob Whitaker coined called respectable conservative. Sam Francis coined one, and I think that's even better, called the, the beautiful loser, where you'll have these guys, and, and some of them I even like, where they'll go uh, to the line, whatever line's established for them to go to, they won't go over and they don't really have the will to power to push through and they have limits and whatnot. You know, they're, it's like, well, I don't want to go down that road. What would my neighbor or church think of me? Although it's the right, right road to go down. Trump doesn't really have any qualms. He has the will to power. He's willing to do whatever and say whatever. That is, <laughs> I don't know what it means for me or you um, in this go round, but he has that unpredictable quality, and he has, again, he wants to win. He wants power. Well, Tim, this is Keith. Let me say this. Those so-called respectable conservatives that have lines they will not cross, like Glenn Beck and whatnot, they get no credit from the other side for that. When are people going to understand no. that pulling your punches uh, is, you know, not a good strategy? It's a strategy that just basically projects weakness of your argument and uh one thing that trump does i don't know if trump is just lucky there are a couple of uh hot issues that he won't touch of course uh like respectable conservatives like well the, there's precious few and there's really only well, one uh, but. The, the jq he's not going to get <clears throat> into that but on everything else you know he's kind of a wild card you never know where he's going to come at you from and basically what he says is you know, uh, manna from heaven to our movement because, uh, you know, he, he, he can become a, a, like a white nationalist without even intending to. Well, here's the thing, Tim, and you can agree or disagree with me on this. I mean, Trump has been talked about excessively uh, since 2015. I think we all know what we're going to get from Trump, the pros and the cons. Why are we uh, still enamored by Trump uh, so many years later? And, and I think this is it. What I'm about to play for you, and when we come into the next segment after Kim ha after uh, Tim has a chance to respond to this, uh, we'll, we'll demonstrate it. That, that this uh, performance in this town hall, the CNN Live unscripted town hall uh, this week, uh, I'm going to play a snip from this. And, and I think it's well, what I'm going to play for you in a moment. He continued to undermine the integrity of the election and flat out stated that citizens cannot expect to get a fair trial in America. And he's talking about, obviously, MAGA people, dissidents, people like us. Uh, again, we can go round and round about the pros and cons, but I, I am compelled to, to be behind this guy again if for no other reason. Here's the reason. He represents the best chance for us to undermine trust in our elections and in the courts and in the media, etc. And we have to have that. We have to have our people understand that there is no future for us under this system before we can get to the point where there is a reckoning. DeSantis can't give us that. You can say, well, I like DeSantis on this and that, and if we lived in a, an ethno-state where basic conservatism was enough, then maybe DeSantis could be looked at. But but they are destroying us, and if people maintain faith in the institutions, they will continue to destroy us. And whether or not the election was actually stolen, I believe it's important for people to see themselves as separate from the system. And these election fraud claims serve a higher purpose than Trump. And the media, again, Tim, is going bonkers in response to the fact that the crowd at this CNN town hall, this was put on by CNN, we're erupting with cheers for yeah, Trump throughout yeah, the Brian evening. Brian Stelter was going nuts about that. As he continued to make these statements. Tim, take it. Yeah, I mean, he, he plays this up quite well. I don't know where it's all going. It's going to be entertaining 
it's it's always entertaining to watch certain these people that are smug, holier than thou. No one can stand them. It's always entertaining watching their heads explode. I don't know what any of it means for me or you, as someone who's only pro-white, but uh, we live in interesting times. Well, Trump is like the little boy that tells the emperor he has no clothes, and uh, they know that, and they never, and they can't control him, and he drives them nuts, and 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 that's worth a lot in and of itself. Uh, Brad Griffin, our, our mutual friend, Keith and Tim, uh, basically echoing the same sentiments, uh, saying that uh, Trump is steadily increasing, increasing polarization and undermining confidence in national institutions. Even if you don't like Trump, he continues to drive his enemies insane who react to him in ways that undermine faith in our democracy, quote-unquote, with capital D. And Brad even goes so far as to say perhaps God is using Trump as his instrument to sow enough division to dissolve the union. I mean, I think that's something that we're going to have to look at, and we don't get there with a standard guy like DeSantis. So, Tim, when we come back, we're going to play, uh, or anybody else in the Republican field for that matter, when we come back, we're going to play a clip from this uh, town hall. Get your response to that, and then we're going to move on to Tommy Tuberville's quote about white nationalists, the non-white, white supremacist, and so much more with the great Tim Murdoch. Stay tuned. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Because he did something wrong. He should have put the votes back to the state legislatures, and I think we would have had a different outcome. I really do. Let's keep it interesting, right? <laughs> I like Mike Pence very much. He's a very fine man. He's a very nice man. He made a mistake. His lawyer said 
You cannot move. I called him the human conveyor belt. I said, even if the votes, you mean, I talked to his lawyer, even if the votes are absolutely fraudulent, he can't send. Yes, sir, he can't send. Bet. And the Democrats played it, and the rhinos played it. And then the election was over. They told him he couldn't do it. And Mike said to me, I can't do it. The lawyers told me he can't do it. They can't do it. But the lawyers were wrong, because right after the election, they all met, the rhinos and the Democrats, and they worked out a plan to make sure that future vice presidents don't do what I said you could do. That's not what happened. You're referring to the Electoral Count Act. That's I've exactly read right. I've read that. There is there is no authority. No, legal experts, me. including Republican legal experts, say that he does not have that authority, Mr. Caitlin, President. But I want why to did on. they change the law then saying that you can't do it? They didn't change the law, they strengthened the law because they were worried about oh, presidents they strengthened exploiting. It, meaning you could do it. <laughs> Thank that's, you. that's not what it means. Thank you. They strengthened the Mike law. Mike had they were the right worried. to do it. They uh, convinced him he didn't, and it was a horrible thing for our country. If you would have sent those votes back to Georgia, Pennsylvania, and other states, Wisconsin, which if you look at Wisconsin, they virtually admitted now that the election was rigged. If they you would have, have sent those that, votes back to many of those states, they would not come back in the affirmative. And remember <laughs> what I said, and you just said it pretty much, you admitted what I said was right. I they did said not. he didn't have the right to do it. And he did have the right to do it, and that's why they changed the law, taking that right away. I should note that your campaign paid for a recount that happened in Wisconsin. It actually had more votes for President Biden by the end of it. But I want to move on to Wayne Byer. He's a retired attorney from North way, Conway. So many illegal votes were cast in Wisconsin. And if you look in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, they had so many legal, illegal votes, they didn't even know what to do with them. You're absolutely wrong Mr. President, about that. there weren't any fraudulent votes in Wisconsin. I do want to get to the audience, though. We have questions for you from the audience. A retired, Wayne Byer is a retired attorney from North Conway. He has previously served in Republican administrations. He volunteered for the Republican Party in the 2022 midterms. He voted for you in 2020. What's your question for the President, Wayne? Thank you for coming, Mr. President. Thank you, Wayne. My, my, pres my question to you is, will you pardon the January 6 rioters who were convicted of federal offenses? I am inclined to pardon many of them. I can't say for every single one, because a couple of them, probably, they got out of control. But, you know, when you look at Antifa, what they've done to Portland, and if uh, you look at Antifa, look at what they've done to Minneapolis, and uh, so many other, so many other places, look at what they did to Seattle. And BLM, BLM, many people were killed. These people, I'm not trying to justify anything. But you have two standards of justice in this country, and what they've done, and I, I love that question, because what they've done to so many people is nothing, nothing. And then what they've done to these people, they've persecuted these people. And yeah, my, my answer is, I am most likely, if I get in, I will most likely, I would say it will be a large portion of them. You know, they did a very, and it'll be very early on. And they're living in hell right now. So when it comes they're to living pardons. in hell. And they're policemen, and they're firemen, and they're soldiers, and they're carpenters, and electricians, and they're great people. Many of them are just great people. Mr. President, what is it? All right, I've played a little bit longer clip than I had intended to, but Tim, I think it's important. Now, that was just about four minutes of an hour and a half long session. And in just that one clip, and believe me, the whole thing is like that. He's talking about the election being fraudulent, talking about pardoning January 6ers. And to go back to what we were talking about before the break, if, if you believe, as I do, that for our money, our best play right now, and about the only card we can play, is to further the divide and, uh, and uh, the...
political separation uh, between the different group blocks here. We have to. It's uh, going to wake up grow that normicons, as you call them and whatnot, or uh, we all call them. He is the only one that can seem to break through. Uh, that uh, moderator, for example, quick, she quick, was quick, all, quick, she quick. was all attitude and no substance to all of her criticism. Well, she got a lot of criticism from the press, uh, but Trump is the catalyst. If if widening the divide, widening the polarization, this is this is the way to go. Tim, your response to that and other things we heard in that town hall, and then we'll move on to the next topic. Well, I mean, again, it's standard Trump stuff. It's the stuff that he does. He does it well. He does it better than anyone else because he doesn't really have any limits or barriers. And he's quite likely to get if he got elected, and he's leading in the polls, but I don't trust the polls because this election is going to be whoever cheats better, in my opinion, unfortunately. And it comes down to, unless there's some type of outlier, but you see, when I say that Trump's not, uh, (coughs) he's not the... um, He's not your mother's conservative. He's not the beautiful loser. He's not the respectable conservative. Trump never loses. And if he thinks he's losing, he's not losing. He's going to have a rally and take over the Capitol or something, or he wants Pence Pence to do a vote. This is his will to power. And, you know, it's a big issue. Richard Spencer was saying Biden should pardon the J6. That would take the starch out of Trump. Trump would then have to say he's going to pardon guys at Shittsville or something. Yeah, of course he's not going to, you know, maybe it would. Uh, Biden doesn't have an original thought. He just says yeah. what he's told to say. Of course he's not going to do that because, again, he's just taking his orders. He's only the president. But uh, that their whole thing is white nationalists, white supremacists, the greatest threat. Of course, everybody's a white nationalist now. Everybody's a white supremacist now uh, that voted for he, the Even the Latino guys will find well, out later. We'll that in just a moment. But uh, anyway, Tim, you, you were you – were, Saying that uh, we, we again talking about this earlier day. Anything else you want to talk about with regards to the town hall and the media's reaction to that? I saw where one of these outlets had found a guy who said that everybody in the town hall was shocked and aghast at what they heard from the president. Well, this is again, who who was this? I I watched this thing. I saw these people cheering every time he would make statements like that. You just heard it yourself. Are you going to believe the media? You're lying eyes. The media, you're lying ears. Uh, and say that everybody at that town hall uh, was uh, upset with what Trump was saying. Well, it sure didn't seem that way with what I saw and heard. But that was the media spin on it. Everybody was uh, aghast. Yeah, the media is going to blow up over it. And there will be a lot of soccer moms that voted for Joe Biden that blow up over it. But Red Meat America will be going crazy. All right. Let's move on then to another thing going on in the Republican Party this week. Was this a Freudian uh, slip, uh, uh, politically speaking, or what's going on here? The headline reads, Alabama senator on white nationalists in the military. Quote, I call them Americans, end quote. Story reads, Senator Tommy Tuberville of uh, Alabama appeared to defend white nationalists in a recent interview by suggesting that they should not be barred from serving in the military, prompting his office to clarify the remarks. In an interview published this week by Birmingham-based radio station WBHM, Tuberville criticized the state of the military and said Democrats were to blame. Here's what Tuberville said. We're losing in the military so fast, our readiness in terms of recruitment. And why? I can tell you why. Because the Democrats are attacking our military, saying we need to get out the white extremists, the white nationalists, people that don't believe in President Biden's agenda. Asked whether he believed the white nationalists should be allowed in the military. Tuberville said they call them that. I call them Americans. Now, his office did backtrack a little bit, saying, well, he wasn't saying the white nationalists should be in there, but that everybody's called a white nationalist, so on and so forth. But 
Uh, I I don't know if there's if they understand more than they let on, uh, and if this was just him speaking his true mind or what. What do you make? It is interesting, nevertheless. The military has problems. We're in election year, and election year Republicans always sound like white nationalists, and these lines have been so blurred by everyone being called a Nazi. Eighty million Trump supporters are Nazis. You know, um, MAGA hats are basically swastikas. It's crazy stuff. And so um, part of it, I think, is the military just has trouble, and it has trouble with white America long term and the short term, and their numbers show. And another problem is, of course, it's election year where they're going to be dog whistling. And the dog whistling in this election should be, you know, worse than 2015, 2016. It should be like at record at record uh, at record levels. Let me ask you this. Why are you treating white nationalists different from all these other groups? BLM, they can be there. Nobody's criticized that cross dressers, transvestites. Soy boys, and that is not a winning hand for the American military, and I think that Tuberville knows it. Now, I'm no particular fan of Tuberville. I remember when he was a coach at Ole Miss, he excused his lack of performance on the Confederate symbols and things like that. But on the other hand, it's pretty obvious (laughs) that we have not met recruitment goals in the military and that's because the core of the military has white been told they're not welcome. Well, that's white Southerners. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they've been told you, you, there's no place for you in today's military sure in America. I'm sure it's stunted the ones that are signing up. They shouldn't have been signing up anyway, and a lot of them have been ejected. But, yeah, I mean, in, yeah, BLM. Well, that was another thing. Trump didn't mention BLM uh, in, in that town hall in a, a less than positive way, which, you know, nobody else is doing. But, yeah, a, a lot of this is going on. Whatever Tupperville meant or didn't mean, he said the right thing. What he said is what we would agree with. They're not white nationalists. They're Americans. Everybody's a white that's a white nationalist. Um, but a lot of people are picking I mean, Ann Coulter's most recent column was just out, outstanding. Jack, how do you pronounce his name? Posobiec, uh, Charlie Kirk. I mean, these people are starting to get it a little more. Maybe Tupperville is, too. Maybe Trump will. Either way, we need the divide. I'm not saying he's our guy. He's going to save us. We need the divide. Somebody to throw a turd. We need to have somebody who can throw a turd in the. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmish. There isn't a push to have a mass release of migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border. The White House is denying reports that border authorities are allowing or encouraging a mass release of migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border. Migrants who do not have a lawful basis to remain will be quickly removed, just like 1.4 million migrants who were expelled last year alone. So that's the truth. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said the Biden administration is using every tool it has to deal with the surge of migrants in a humane and orderly way. I'm John Schaefer. President Biden says talks about the debt ceiling are moving along. Biden spoke briefly with reporters today before boarding Air Force One after speaking at Howard University's commencement. He added that there are real discussions about a deal, but, quote, we're not there yet. When asked if he believes a deal can be made by June 1st, Biden said, quote, it has to be. Former President Trump canceled an outdoor rally in Iowa today due to stormy weather. 
Both he and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis were scheduled to hold separate events in the Hawkeye State. DeSantis did speak earlier in the day at the state GOP fundraiser in Cedar Rapids amid reports that DeSantis is preparing to formally announce his bid for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. There's a recall to tell you about impacting millions of GM drivers. General Motors is recalling nearly one million vehicles due to faulty airbags in Buick Enclave, Chevrolet Traverse, and GMC Acadia vehicles from 2014 through 2017. They say airbags produced by ARC Automotive before 2018 could explode and spray shrapnel during deployment. Federal regulators are urging the manufacturer to recall all of their 67 million airbag inflators. Drivers can have the module replaced for free. The Writers Guild of America strike reaches its 12th day without a new deal. This is USA News. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Back now we are, James Edwards, Keith Alexander here with Tim Murdoch, our featured guest of the evening, talking so far about Trump's town hall, the comments made by Tommy Tuberville. And, you know, Tuberville shouldn't have even been a senator from Alabama, even uh, no more than the Democrat who got s- snuck in there. Mo, so He's gone, but, yeah. uh, but the, he should have been in there because... They played oh, yeah. that uh, those dirty tricks on Roy Moore, where women that he may or may not have ever even met some fifty years prior, and then also Donald Trump well, we're lured get Jeff to Sessions out of that safe seat he had, and then treated him like uh, right. you know dog meat while regarding Rod Rosenstein and people like that, butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. That's that's the problem with. Uh, yeah, Trump, Trump, to tell Trump's you the truth, you know, once, once Trump gets in the office, he'll start appointing all the usual suspects. I, again, I, I, see, I don't same. care about that because, uh, yeah, he probably will. He'll probably do what he did before, which won't be much for us, except for the fact that he's making the enemy overplay its hand and make mistakes in a way that nobody else would. That's what I like about Trump. I like a lot of the things he says, sure, uh, but I like what he does in that oh, regard. Well, Candidate Trump is much better than President Trump. All right, so the thing, though, back to Tuberville, is uh, Roy Moore would have been in there had they not had uh, the media trotted out all of these women with these spurious claims that uh, he was be- behaving inappropriately some 50 years prior. After that, did just enough to sink his chances after he won a contested primary. 
uh, all of these women just disappeared. I mean, it, either the cases were dropped or blown out of court. He certainly never got convicted of anything, and, and it just all went away. But the left said, hey, we got a, we got a strategy here we can use. They started using it with Trump, and it sort of reached a high point here with this situation with E. Jean Carroll. Have you been following that one, Tim? Uh, sure, the lawsuit. Yeah, and the uh, decision. And the judgment. Week. Yeah. So, I mean, basically you've got E. Jean Carroll and they ruled against Trump. Trump saying he never met her, never touched her, doesn't well, know who she is. What happened specifically is this. They found no proof that he raped her or even had sex with her, but he supposedly defamed her about sexual misconduct or something, and they delivered a $5 million verdict against Trump. He knew he couldn't get fair treatment up there, so he just decided to sit the whole thing out. Well, and that's what he said in this town hall, that uh, you can't get a fair a fair shake in, in a court anymore. Uh, but uh, also interesting that uh, this is another thing that Brad Griffin ferreted out, Tim, that Roberta Kaplan of the Charlottesville trial represented E. Jean Carroll in this lawsuit against and, and Trump. guess what? The judge's name was Kaplan, too. I wonder <laughs> if there's any relationship. But uh, this just goes back. I think the theme here that we're tying together is that, uh, and Brad mentions it, once again, even if you passionately hate Trump, uh, this only shows that our fates are still bound in some cosmic well, what way. It, what it shows is that the trial by jury is, uh, you know, dead on arrival in America, in today's America. Uh, you got something on that, Tim? Uh, well, definitely. I mean, the faith in the law, everyone knows when they go into a lawsuit or something happens like this, you're going to get screwed. It's heavily rigged. There is no justice. And um, it's kind of intriguing to me that there's no justice for a wealthy guy like Trump, which is kind of unique to America. But he is white. He is white. And uh, that's how it's going to work. And that's white, the- he's a white male, the most... Uh, pernicious thing that you can be in um, today's America. And, and this is the thing about Trump. And again, I like a lot of the stuff he says. Uh, and he is seen, though, by the system as the avatar for white people. And that includes white people like us who see things clearly. And that's why he's getting the treatment that and, we've always and see done. that that's the thing that he's doing. He's bringing to the attention of a lot of white people that are still in denial. Like they said, denial is not just a river in Africa denial that somehow they are now an oppressed minority and that the establishment hates their guts. And he's putting an exclamation point on that. All right, Tim, now the other thing, the other big story, what would have been the top story before I saw the content of this town hall and the media's reaction to it and the fact that, hey, yeah, you know what, Trump is still the guy to further the divide, and that's what we need. But uh, the the other the big story before that, which would have been the big story all night tonight, and it's still a plenty big story, is the non-white white supremacist that the, the media is so eager to find a white guy that will go out and kill somebody like blacks kill each other, and that and the, it's, and the like, way it's, it's really like the Tyree Nickel case. In other words, uh, if you have the wrong opinion, you're a white supremacist, whether you're black, <laughs> whether you are Hispanic, or anything else, whether you're an Eskimo, and uh, see. This is thought control. They're telling you that you cannot basically have any musings or thoughts at all that are not, you know, pre-approved by the left in America today, or else you're going to be vilified and marginalized. So his name was Mauricio Garcia. Uh, it, it, he looks to be completely Hispanic, and uh, I've heard rumors he was even in a gang. Big mass shooting at... Um 
Allen Allen. Glen Allen. Glen Allen. It's Allen, Texas. A big mall, shopping mall in suburban Dallas. That's right. So what do, what do you know about this case, Tim? Uh, I don't know a whole lot, but you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of non-white white supremacists all of a sudden, and uh, they got swastika tattoos automatically and SS tattoos, <laughs> and there is a. Um, there is an aesthetic, uh, those that are attracted to national socialism, let's say the aesthetics. It's popular in places like Thailand. Maybe there's a new trend of Mexican white supremacists. I don't know. Um, but obviously it was a tragedy. It was one of these, um, I mean, we don't know who's in the country. We don't know uh, what's going to happen. We don't know. Uh, the government doesn't seem to care. And uh, this, this guy uh, went off. And these are going to happen a lot more, too. you got a lot of young guys, very easy access to guns, and a very disruptive, dysfunctional society. So what does it lead to? A lot of shootings. I predict well, more of them, has, unfortunately. The left is so unattractive. Its ideas are, and concepts are so unattractive that people are gravitating to oppositional positions to them, like white nationalism even if they're not white, because the left is that toxic. They're bad uh, Tim, news, uh, uh, but they just keep pushing the same thing. Okay, so, I mean, this goes back to at least George Zimmerman. That was the first time with the Trayvon Martin incident where I can remember a non-white being referred to as a white Hispanic. And, I mean, yeah, he might have had a little bit of white in that. Uh, with that name, he might be Jewish. With that, he might have had, he probably did have some white in his DNA makeup. But having a little bit of white doesn't make one white. I mean, if a black has a little bit of white, do they, they refer to them as white? Well, hell, I don't know anymore because in Memphis just here earlier this year, you had five black police officers beat to death a, a black man, and they said they were white supremacists. So, yeah. Or it's impa- it's, influenced yeah, by white the, supremacy. The police work is inherently uh, tinged with white supremacy. But this is the, this is the, uh, the the headline. Well, you you mentioned the tattoos too. Now he had a tattoo apparently of something with a Texas motif that looked authentic, and then he had a huge, oversized, exaggerated SS lightning bolt on his bicep and a huge, exaggerated swastika apparently on his chest. But it looked like it was. If you've seen the pictures, it looks like it was actually carved into his skin. I mean, it didn't. It didn't look anything like the tattoo. The other tattoo. It just didn't look real. And I, even one of the media outlets had said that, well, a few days ago on his social media. Now, he had no social media, apparently, except some obscure profile on a Russian website that nobody's ever even heard of. That's sketchy as hell, too. Um, but they said that a few days before the, the killings, he didn't have the tattoos. And then, I don't know, did they get put on in Photoshop? Did they get put on postmortem? Maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he was these things. But again... It just didn't really fly. Yeah. It didn't fly in Memphis, and it's not flying now where they can blame white people for things like this, for doing what black people do to each other and to whites. By the way, Tim, there was an, a, a, an incident this exact same time period, the last few days, where a black man went up behind two white people, shot them dead in the back of the head. There was all kinds of stuff about him saying he hated white people, He, he, he this, that, and the other, uh, totally racially motivated, and that is nothing. Yeah, nothing to see here, but uh, see... That's what Trump was pointing out, this double standard that is just, you know, it is so customary now to have that double standard that people don't even comment about it. And that's why we need somebody like Trump to throw the turd in the punch bowl and let people know just exactly how oppressed they are. 
one headline this week, the Washington Post was all over this, saying you could be excused. It was very patronizing. You could be excused for not understanding how a non-white could be a white supremacist. Here's another headline. Being Hispanic or black does not make you immune from being a white supremacist. So they're actually running with this, Tim. I mean, this is actually the way they're Some, going some woman it. on The View, not a really uh, reliable source, I would say. Well, in any of the, not, not a lot of probity and intellectual debt coming out of, depth coming out of The View. But uh, nevertheless, this is how the media is running with it, and uh, they expect people to, like, what, do they expect people to believe this, or do they not think that this is further widening the distrust in the media from at least half the country, Tim? Uh, they don't care. They don't care about profits. They don't care about anything. They just, they just run a monopoly, and they just keep dribbling this stuff out, <clears throat> and they get farther and farther detached from reality. Uh, uh, Trump would be far more impressive to me if he just start calling this stuff anti-white nonstop. He would just be on. He, he would. Whoever <laughs> does that is going to. No one will do that. Well, he's getting a little bit close. He might. He might before this. This one's all said and done. Uh, he hasn't done it to date, but he has said more things than anybody else would say. And I guess that and what seven dollars and fifty cents to get you a cup of coffee uh, these he, days. He certainly we'll agitated right that moderate. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24-7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with managed IT services. Mother's Day, a little bit early, a couple of hours early, a few hours early uh, to all of the ladies out there. But just remember, in today's America, a man can be a mother, right? <laughs> That's where we're going uh, as we approach uh, the uh, the end of the rail here uh, for this experiment. But uh, in any event, especially to our own mothers, happy Mother's Day. 
And uh, back we are with Tim Murdoch. Uh, just a little more on this, Tim. I, I'll tell you, you know, actually, <laughs> I, somebody had sent me uh, a link to Andrew Anglin's commentary on this, and he, he pretty much got it right. Uh, what he wrote here is that uh, we're getting blamed for non-white crime now. Mexican white supremacist uh, has helped us reach the unima unimaginable levels of ridiculousness. There's no counter-narrative because it's all been shut down, so I assume it's only going to get more outrageous. Uh, the guy, um, so uh, that that's uh, that's where we're at, and that's uh, where we are. It didn't take off like they. Uh, how much do you think the media was salivating over the hopes and dreams that this would be a white shooter that uh, they could say real or imagined was tied to white supremacy? Now I heard that supposedly he was connected to even V Dare. He'd been to V Dare. We'll take their word on that, like we took their word that Dylan Roof had been to the CFCC's or, website, or, or else all all automatic rifles are white supremacists. Well, uh, yeah, just this 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 whole thing. I mean, you know, I was at church last week. I was like, hmm, you know, it's it's been a while, and they haven't released the identity yet. Uh, so that's probably means he's not white because that's the first thing they do if he's white of course is you you hear about the race uh it, it's obscured otherwise and then when i read in an article that a, the, a translator had to be sent to some of his associates to get some information i was like ah well there you have it but it didn't stop them from going with the white supremacist angle last comment on that tim yeah they they, they won't stop either I mean, that's just every time there's a crime, they just sit and um, it seems like they're just it's just the bandwagon they jump on no matter who it is right now. Well, you can see what hate crime legislation morphed into that went before Congress 43 times and was voted down 43 times. But on the 44th try, they got it passed. And if you think this is something bad, wait until they pass their hate speech law, folks. Uh, I mean, it's going to be open season on white people. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if it gets there. Uh, but uh, in any event, Tim, you know, I would have promoted your event, uh, your excuse me, your appearance uh, tonight on Twitter had I still had it. I know you're still there. And big news on Twitter this week is that after the latest round of purges, which uh, we got caught up in that dragnet, uh, I'm glad you slipped through. I, I have survived a few of them myself. You just never know when uh, when your number's yeah, going to be up. People say, did it surprise James that he uh, got knocked off? I said, it really surprised him more that he stayed on as long as he did. But what about this thing now with Elon Musk? Uh, now he's got a new CEO. He's naming a new CEO, and I've read rumors that it's some woke woman. I mean, what have uh, you heard a woke that? woke member of the tribe. I haven't heard that. I've heard that she's, she's, uh, she's what do you know? Advertisers for him. at least prop the place up for a minute. Uh, we don't know what the effects will be or how long he'll keep her without firing her, which in my opinion, will fire her. He'll, he'll let her get a bunch of advertisers back and then probably fire her. Or maybe she'll just kill the company. I don't know. She's not good. She don't look good for free speech. <laughs> yeah, what do we know about her? What's her name? What do we know about her background? I, I just know that there's been a transition, and I've been—I don't know. I've seen a picture of her too. So, what do you know about um, her politics, Tim? She, uh, she liberal, liberal, uh, super liberal. <laughs> Linda Yaccarino, uh, basically, uh, it, it looks to me like he was forced to hire her or be in trouble. Or go under, so he hired her or something. It looks like some deal was worked out. Um, it's, you know, let her run the company and um, you know manage manage Twitter. Now I, I have no idea what it means. We'll have to see where she comes in. I just 
I know it's going to be disastrous. I, I remember seeing a video with her saying that, uh, you know, we must demand everyone put on a mask. You know, she's a oh, WF God. chairwoman. Enthusiast. She's pushing the vax and lockdowns. And uh, she was pushing the vax and lockdowns. So I, I it it looks like it's going from uh, and and you know Twitter's always been schizophrenic with banning people. You can usually get your account back in time. Sometimes a lot of people have, but some some haven't. And it's uh, it, it's kind of like right now it's like 2015 all over again in a way. Um, it's just there's there's a lot of random bannings, but they bring in this woman in front of the election, and and we'll have to see how bad her crackdown is. Well, and as you said, I mean, the word is schizophrenic because I never understood why Jared Taylor got banned years ago and I made it to when I did. You've been banned a couple of times. You come back and then you come back. Well, and they, they even uh, don't let Jared travel to Europe now. I mean, it's just incredible that, uh, you know, that's supposed to have been a three-year ban, and now they just arbitrarily extended it to five years so they would catch him in the dragnet and send him back. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, all of that's going on, but with regards to Twitter, this this thing, I mean, the free speed absolutist, even though people that the ADL doesn't like are getting banned uh, left, right, and center here under under Musk. People who survived the woke regime are getting banned under Musk now, like Tom Sunich and Paul Fromm and Kevin McDonald. But uh, and now he's a free speech guy, but he's bringing in somebody who's totally opposed to his own. He paid $44 billion to own this little uh, playground, this uh, online playground, and he's going to turn it over to somebody who's completely against his vision? I mean, that just doesn't make sense, Tim. Not that it matters to me because I'm no. gone, but it, just, it doesn't make it, sense. It, 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 he's, quite, he's quite likely to fire her in a couple of weeks. We don't know what he's doing. I, I mean, or else I he's not going to give her the authority to do it. He's going to continue to run the place, and she's going to be like a figurehead. And either way, I think you're right. In about a month or two, she's going to be history. Or maybe it won't even be her. Maybe that's just fake news. Maybe that's just a leak. Maybe yeah, it's I, just I saw a, a video on two months doing free speech. That was pretty interesting. Oh, say that again. You cut out just just a second there. I, I saw a video of the two arguing over free speech at a uh, some kind of function or something, and uh, he didn't really like any of her ideals. Now this was way before he hired her, so <laughs> I doubt she's changed. We'll I mean, that, that's the point. I doubt she's changed. Uh, it, this is what diversity is. It yeah. forces you to be in league and in a society and in workplaces with people who are diametrically opposed. It only causes con- – why in the hell would he hire somebody? Well, like it had to be something like Larry Fink at BlackRock or Van- somebody at Vanguard telling them that he had to do it. I can't understand. It. He cannot be that dense. He's not – this is not a stranger No, something's up. Well, he's, he's, you know, he's gone back and forth on a couple of things and – he was going to step. Who knows? He may cha- completely change his mind before, and this will be much ado about nothing by next week. And he, he's not going to leave. I mean, he's done stuff like that. But nevertheless, I saw that, and in light of all the news uh, that has been about Twitter on this show in the last couple of weeks, I had to ask you about that, Tim, because I know you're still there, and I, I hope you, uh, you know, are able to stay there because the, 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 it is an amplifier. There's no doubt about it. That's why they don't want us on there. And why you've been banned before. Uh, but sometimes when you get banned, you come back, and sometimes you don't. <laughs> but we may have. Uh, yeah, just. Bo- go, go, Tim. Go ahead. Yeah, just well, keep just filing say, appeals. 
Uh, yeah, well, yeah. File, I know some people have filed like 30. I think Paul Fromm files like one every hour on the hour, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, any event, uh, there's one more thing I want to leave you with tonight, but before I do, give us all of that contact information, folks. I was on Tim's show most recently back in April, and it just got freed and busted out of the paywall. We're going to have that up on our website on Monday. Check it out. Always a good conversation with Tim, whether it takes place here on TPC or at White Rabbit Radio. Tim, give us all the contact information for people to like, follow, support, and otherwise uh, tune in to hear what you have to say. Just just hop on whiterabbitradio.biz and whiterabbitradio.biz. Uh, you'll get a bunch of different links, and you can find our links right there. WhiteRabbitRadio.biz got his start uh, back with uh, Bob Whitaker. I tell you, people can have worse starts than with Buchanan and Whitaker, uh, but that's how we got started, and uh, we came in about it at about the same time, and uh, Bob was a near and dear friend of my heart, so anytime Tim's on, we always give Bob an honorable mention. Well, they don't call you guys paleoconservative for nothing. Man. You're, <laughs> you're back in the Pleistocene era. Well, a lot more than that, but uh, but I've been called worse, that's for sure. But uh, one more thing here, I'll leave you with this, Tim. If it all goes to pot, it's certainly going there as fast as it can. But um, here's a headline that I found interesting, and I saw this on two or three different websites. Now, we'll see if it pans out to be true. Here's what I'm reading now, though. Russia is floating a plan to build a village for conservative Americans who want to move to a Christian country and who are tired of liberal ideology in the United States. Now, that does sound too good to be true, and I don't know if people like us would be included in uh, the category of conservative Americans, uh, but uh, this is um, a couple of subheadlines here. Russia building a village for U.S. SPACs who are tired of uh, liberal ideology. If the project is approved, it is stated to... Uh, uh, Slated to house 200 American and Canadian families, Russia has in recent years sought to position itself as a bastion for traditional moral values. I'll read just here right from the top of the article. Uh, village slated for construction in Moscow suburbs in 2024 uh, is meant uh, to house conservative families, as we just said. Many of these families don't have Russian roots but are tired of the inculcation of radical values in the United States and Canada. Uh, today they have 70 genders. It is not known what will happen next, a uh, Russian uh, attorney said. Uh, the same rhetoric has been used frequently by Russian President Vladimir Putin as U.S.-Russia uh, relations have worsened over the last several years. So anyway, uh, you, you can read this for yourself. Just type in, uh, what did I use as a search term for this? Russia Village American Expats. Uh, I see the Moscow Times has something on it, Insider, uh, Newsweek. Uh, it's 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 the Daily Beast has something on it, so it's out there by multiple sources of different persuasions. Uh, right now, it is just sort of in the theoretical stage, but it's possible. Uh, what do you think, Tim? Uh, you want to pack your bags or what you do? That, that's going to that be that's going to be that's going to be the trend. People trying to take, um, you know, who's going to get? It, it, basically, you have a group spread across the whole top of the family, and they don't have a home. They're called whites. Someone could get a big group of them. Someone might claim them. I don't know that it'd be the Russians, but I like this language. One potential group of immigrants are traditional Catholics who are white Americans with many children. He could say evangelicals or anything there, too, which U.S. government considers domestic terrorists. <laughs> uh, so it's a lot of uh, we live in interesting times. 
Hey, we do, do we not? And we'll continue to navigate those interesting times with you, brother. Uh, but check it out, folks. Russian Village American Expats. Put that in your Google search and, and uh, see if it sounds right for you. I'll tell you, we'll see where America, what America looks like in a couple of more years. And we might revisit this conversation. WhiteRabbitRadio.biz. Tim Murdoch, the one and only. Uh, thank you, Tim. As always, great to talk to you. We'll talk to you again soon. And, folks, we'll be back, Keith and I, uh, for another hours of news and commentary next. Antelope Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness. Despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers, he stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader, Get Leon DeGrell in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel Body Armor and an Army Ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible, ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, US. You're listening to the Political Cess Pool, on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423.
You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. One bright and guiding light that taught me wrong from right I found in my mother's eyes Those baby tales she told of pathways paved with gold I found in my mother's eyes Well, welcome back, everybody, to the second hour of tonight's live broadcast. The and for those of you who may have forgotten, Mother's Day is tomorrow. We're trying to let you know, make sure that you recognize the mother in your life. Well, that's absolutely right. And uh, as part of our own Mother's Day weekend festivities, I took my wife and kids up to a museum. Had a little one-day road trip and went up to a museum up uh near Kentucky Way, and it was a very good museum. If you get outside of the big cities and you find museums in smaller towns, in some small towns, even some very small towns, will have a local museum of some sorts, and you can find a museum that that presents things in a way that we would agree with. Now, this in other words, they're not afflicted with political correctness. As so many of the museums in the major cities are, of course, uh, but we went to this museum, and it, uh, as most museums do, it has a section on natural history and a section on earth science and things like that. And they had a couple of exhibits on Nathan Bedford Forrest there, very objective. I appreciated that. I uh, had uh, other exhibits that I'm always interested in, like what they call them Native Americans. We know them as American Indians or just Indians, if you prefer. And uh, one of the things that they had there was a little bit of an exhibit on Hernando de Soto, which is, of course, a local legend. Uh, He made a little stop here on his expedition. And that piqued my interest on de Soto, seeing this exhibit. And so when I came home from the trip, I did a deep dive and spent a few hours reading different sources and different articles and parts of different books. Um snippets here and there on DeSoto. And I learned some things about DeSoto that I didn't know before. Maybe, Keith, you wouldn't have heard this either. Now, I I have shared before in this program that I've always been fascinated by the pre-Columbian cultures of Central and South America, the Aztecs, the Mayans, the the Incas. And Francisco Pizarro was the conquistador who gets the credit for bringing down the Incan Empire. And, of course, there was a very famous incident where they captured the Incan chief uh, at a waffle. And we all have heard about that. Uh, Pizarro captured the chief, and they held him ransom. They held him hostage and ended up killing him and took Cusco, founded Lima. Along with a lot of gold. Well, who was the chief lieutenant? Who was the chief captain of Pizarro? None other than Hernando de Soto. So, in fact, de Soto was the one who captured the chief. 
for Bizarro. I did not know that. And I, I learned some other things that, uh, well, we know that uh, Hernando de Soto, when he landed in what is now the United States, he came in around the Tampa Bay, Port Charlotte area of Florida, and he had this meandering trek through his expedition uh, that eventually ended up in uh, the Memphis area. And we have the Hernando de Soto Bridge, which connects downtown Memphis and, to and, Arkansas. And the first county in Mississippi right on the state line is DeSoto County, and the county seat is Hernando, Mississippi. And if you are fortunate enough to go there, go inside the courthouse and you will see a display of beautiful murals depicting various episodes in Hernando DeSoto's trek through the southeast United States. Well, I also learned this is another thing interesting about that very expedition that we're talking about. And we're just going to do one segment on this. We're going to get back to current events and current news items. But I thought it was interesting to me, so I thought it might be interesting to you as well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that the very first Christmas that was ever celebrated by Europeans on this continent, you would think, what, maybe Jamestown, maybe Plymouth Rock, maybe something like that. No, it was... DeSoto's men near Tallahassee, Florida in 1539. That was the first time Europeans ever celebrated Christmas on this land. I, I thought that was interesting. I'd never heard that before. And he had just defeated 200 of his conquistadors, defeated, according to reports, between 2,000 and 6,000 Indians in, in a battle. Now, imagine you're, 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 getting, uh, you're outpacing them 10 to 1, maybe even 40 to 1. <laughs> That's something. I mean, that is incredible, the odds. These people in a foreign land, I mean, think about just trekking through primeval Florida in the 1500s. The, the snakes, the bugs, the, the, the swamps, the, the alligators, the Indians, and then you're outnumbered like that in a foreign land with precious few supplies, and you're able to do that. And uh, I saw that he camped at Tupelo, obviously not far from here. And the Pontotoc Trail, which was an Indian trail from... Your uh, ancestral homeland, Pontotoc County, Mississippi, and the city of Pontotoc, Mississippi, to Memphis. Uh, there's, a, I, I, there's a guy I went to high school with whose father owned an apartment complex. It was apparently on the Pontotoc Trail, and there was a spring nearby, and he used to show me all these Indian arrowheads and things that they got from that location. So... Uh, you know, this whole area around Memphis is just you DeSoto know, country redolent, as they say, with uh, uh, DeSoto uh, memories and memorabilia. There's a place on the Memphis Bluff down near the old Marine Hospital in what used to be called DeSoto Park, which is supposedly where DeSoto first viewed the Mississippi River. Yeah. And it is a, a spectacular view from there. It was the first uh, group of Europeans to ever cross the Mississippi River. It said that he uh, is, he supposedly, they don't know exactly where he died, but uh, one source says it was in Faraday, Louisiana, right there on That's the river. That's right, yeah. I thought Louisiana somewhere. And uh, another one said it was right across the river in Arkansas. Uh, but nevertheless, 4,000 miles he trekked in those three years before he died. He died at 42. So he was as old as I am now when he died. And he had uh, taken down the Incan Empire by the time of his death, explored 4,000 miles of previously unknown land to Europeans and wrote the record down of what he saw. And it obviously played a huge role in the, the further exploration of this land by 
by our people to come. I mean, certainly that age of discovery, that age of exploration enamors me with that Faustian spirit as much as anything. I have said if I could go back to any historical moment, it would be Cortez and Montezuma on the causeway, that first contact in Mexico at Tenochtitlan. All of this stuff fascinates me because you, 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 and you've got to take your kids to do this stuff, to, to teach them about Davy Crockett and Nathan Bedford Forrest and Hernando de Soto and our people and our spirit and the spirit. And another thing is we think of these people as being older, but as James has just discovered, he's the same age as Hernando de Soto when he died. That ought to give you a humbling response to think of what these people accomplished in short in lives. Time. In short I lives. I mean, David Crockett was old when he died at the Alamo, and he was older than that. I mean, he was known as being very old, but he was in his 40s. Yeah, right. You know, so, I mean, so there's uh, – anyway, uh, we will come back. We'll get off of that. Uh, we've got – is it the latest race hoax? Maybe. We'll tell you a little bit more about that and uh, the latest on reparations. Discovering white people where there are none. The latest reparations. The la- Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. One more thing about this uh, topic we were covering a moment ago. Great day at the museum. Great day trip with my family. And do I teach my kids that men like Davy Crockett and Nathan Bedford Forrest and Hernando de Soto are our heroes? You better believe it. Uh, They were our heroes, and they still are our heroes, and they will always be our heroes, and no narrative will get in the way of that. Keith, you said something at supper, though, earlier tonight 
uh, that I thought was interesting and should be mentioned very quickly before we move off this topic, and that was when it came to their association with the Indians, whites were damned if they did, damned if they didn't, and damned if they might. Yeah, exactly. You know, what were their options when they encountered these hostile Indians? They could either defeat them and kill them all, like the Bell Beaker people were killed by the uh, uh, invaders in the uh, British Isles uh, back in the day. Uh, the only reason we know that they existed is because some of the better-looking women they saved and uh, mated with. Otherwise, they totally wiped them out. But if we did that, of course, it would be, you know, uh, the, the worst thing that ever happened, although it's happened in so many places in the world. The other option is, let's suppose that we made the move, like the Trail of Tears. Well, if you make the move... The Trail of Tears is supposed to be an atrocity right up there with the Holocaust uh, in the eyes of the, the left. And, of course, both, uh, you know, you can ask them to move, you can uh, defeat them and kill them, or you can just let them stay living there. And then if they tend to be second-class citizens because they don't have the talent to rise to the highest levels, then you're a white supremacist oppressor. Do nothing, you're damned. Take them out, you're damned. Move them, you're damned. And that, but you know, they certainly didn't show their own people uh, the courtesies that we showed them. And that was another thing when when they when her when Desoto was making that four thousand mile trek, he would keep running in to these different tribes who would try to enlist the conquistadors to help them take out another tribe because all of these squabbling tribes were always at war with one another. And that was something interesting that I read. And that was that goes back to Andrew Jackson who said it was an absurdity to enter into all of these different treaties with all of these different Indian groups because what you had there was thousands of different tribes, normally numbering in the hundreds of people who and some were bigger than that of course uh, but just thousands of different tribes all at war with one another they would rape genocide and enslave one another wipe each other out if they could and we we're supposed to run into treaties with each of these different sects i mean uh, jackson said that was an absurdity uh to in a farce to enter the, into the all Indians of these treaties. were not uh the dark-skinned quakers okay they were bloodthirsty savages and, and, and certainly part. i mean there's a lot of different kinds of white people but all white people are seen as monolithic today so i i, I get it but uh, in any event i i this was one thing i read when i was reading more about the soto after going to the museum this is from the john carter brown library at brown university and uh, this is the kind of stuff you can only learn in the ivy league schools i guess it says that um, hernando de soto's cruelty uh, for torturing Native Americans was unmatched. He, his men would uh, engage in amputation, burning, hanging, and attack by vicious war dogs uh, during their expedition. I never, and it has an illustration of DeSoto and his men just rounding up random Indians and cutting off arms and legs. Uh, just, and I've never, in all of the anti-white libel, I've never heard that one before. They well, would just catch uh, him and cut well, off a hand, cut off a leg, and let him roll. The thing about the left is they really do believe in the big lie. If you're going to tell a lie, don't tell a little one. Tell a big one, okay? <laughs> uh, you know, they tend just about every atrocity uh, that they have pointed to in history has been way overblown when it comes to what white people have done and very downplayed and uh, the That's it. regard to what I non-whites mean, have done. And, that, and, and, and look, I'm not saying we were saints, but we didn't do anything that they weren't doing to each other and nothing that they wouldn't have done to us if they could have. You well, don't look, think if the Indians could have paddled their canoes over to Europe, they would have done the exact same thing to us? I mean, well, sure not they, only that, sure they they would. Read, read what the Comanches and the Apaches and uh, the Sioux 
did to All right. white people. All right, so we're talking about the DeSoto Expedition, which happened, and of course, you know, that was from 1539 to 1542. Uh, but let's, let, we played this a few weeks ago. We'll play it one more time. It's a minute, and then I promise we're moving on. Uh, but this is, uh, again, from a movie, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, and it uh, depicts uh, a white cavalryman for the Union Army uh, here in a sit-down with Sitting Bull himself. And this is, this is a powerful scene. Sitting Bull requested this council. We await his word. Take your soldiers out of here. They scare the game away. Very well, sir. Tell me, then, how far away should I take my men? You must take them out of our lands. What precisely are your lands? These are the lands where my people lived before you whites first came. I don't understand. We whites were not your first enemies. Why don't you demand back the land in Minnesota where the Chippewa and others forced you from years before? The Black Hills are sacred land given to my people by Wachantonka. How very convenient to cloak your claims in spiritualism. And what would you say to the Mormons and others who believe that their God has given to them Indian lands in the West? I would say they should listen to Wachantonka. No matter what your legends say, you didn't sprout from the plains like the spring grasses, and you didn't coalesce out of the ether. You came out of the Minnesota woodlands, armed to the teeth, and set upon your fellow man. You massacred the Kiowa, the Omaha, the Ponca, the Oto, and the Pawnee without mercy, and yet you claim the Black Hills as a private preserve bequeathed to you by the Great Spirit. And who gave us the guns and powder to kill our enemies? And who traded weapons to the Chippewa and others who drove us from our home? Chief Sitting Bull, the proposition that you were a peaceable people before the appearance of the white man is the most fanciful legend of all. You were killing each other for hundreds of moons before the first white stepped foot on this continent. You conquered those tribes, lusting for their game and their lands, just as we have now conquered you for no less noble a cause. This is your story of my people. This is the truth, not legend. I mean, that's it. That is the definitive. That one minute and 55 second clip is the definitive end to any argument that we should have white guilt over what happened. I have zero white guilt over what happened. By the way, I uh, I posted that clip to Twitter uh, a few weeks ago before I was banned, and it racked up 399,300 views. So 400,000 views, we got that out there. That's, that's the reach we had there. Maybe that's why they took you off. Well, but any of it, I mean, can you argue with any of that? No. See, what you have to do is you need to realize that we were just better at conquest than the Indians were. The Indians now don't have to emigrate as illegal aliens like people from South America and Central America do, or from Africa or from the Middle East to white nations, they're already here and they have the benefit of living in a first world uh, environment. Now, if they do nothing with that, if they just sit on the reservation and get drunk, we can't help that. But on the other hand, there are plenty of Indians that have taken advantage of their fortuitous pro circumstances by being in america and have done quite well for themselves you have indian tribes where they have casinos and oil reserves and things like this and they're doing uh, very well but you never hear about that and uh we, we need our own reservation i want an ethno state yeah let, let me own a <laughs> let, let me start a casino <laughs> uh, i'll tell you what
Anyway, uh, so that thing, of course, uh, was uh, the Sitting Bull stuff was in the 1800s. But, uh, yep, it was a problem for 300 years. Uh, anyway, uh, so back to modern day times now. I, I found this story. I mean, this is just incredible. In the age of Jussie Smollett and the Duke lacrosse rape hoax. And uh, I mean, there's just so many very big racial hoaxes. And then there's the garden variety racial hoaxes where some you know, black pastor will paint something on his church or a black student uh, will put the, a noose the, the on the water there. buffalo incident. At I the saw there was one. Somebody dropped some cotton balls outside on like the, the, the quad of a college. Or, and they or did, Bubba they Wallace, the, uh, yeah, we the, talked the, about the, the, the guy that uh, the black guy they're trying to promote as a nascar driver said somebody put a uh noose on his garage door no that's the pull down that they typically well, he use. knew that and 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 then this whole you know cotton balls you know you see a cotton anyway and and almost without exception every time you hear something like this it pans out to be a hoax not after the media has presented as they, it as truth of as course. they say they'll lie when the truth would sound better <laughs> Or, uh, as I prefer, a lie can make it sway around the world before the truth can get its boots on. <laughs> but, exactly. Now, look, I don't know what happened here. I don't know if some of it happened and it was exaggerated. Or, or if it's or, all fabricated. Or if it's all fabricated. All I know for sure is there was an allegation and no evidence of it. No video evidence, no audio evidence, not even any picture evidence, no, no photographic evidence. But... The situation at hand took place at a Texas roadhouse. You know, this is a, uh, a chain steakhouse that stretches from Texas all the way up, apparently, to Cincinnati, because that's where this one took place. And I'll tell you all about it. You're not going to believe it. Don't Google it during the break. Let me tell you. You can read more about it later. Uh, Texas roadhouse server has claimed a wild accusation of racism. It sent him, he had to go out to the dumpster behind the restaurant to cry. He cried. That's how bad it was. I'll Have tell you, you ever next. thought about going to a dumpster Exposing when you were caught? Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmash. It could be more than a decade before some migrants face a judge. Some migrants who cross the border seeking asylum have been given court dates in the next decade. Migrants who crossed into Texas were given court dates in Chicago and Florida in the years 2032 and 2035. However, since they have been admitted to the U.S. and given court dates, they can now get work permits and stay in the U.S. until their dates come up in court. I'm John Schaefer. President Biden is noting progress in the debt ceiling negotiations. Although he said there are real discussions about a deal, Biden added, quote, we're not there yet. Biden's remarks come as staffers continue weekend talks aimed at breaking the stalemate with GOP leaders. The governor of North Carolina is formally rejecting a GOP-backed abortion bill. This bill has nothing to do with making women safer and everything to do with banning abortion. Hundreds of abortion rights activists applauded in Raleigh today as Democratic Governor Roy Cooper placed his veto stamp to the legislation known as Senate Bill 20. The measure would lower the windows for abortions in the state from 20 weeks to 12 and add other restrictions as well. At least one person is dead after a tornado left widespread damage in the community of Laguna Heights, Texas. KVEO-TV reports the storm hit the area near Brownsville at about 4 o'clock this morning. Along with one death, a number of other injuries were being reported. Emergency crews were going door to door to check for possible victims. 
General Motors is recalling nearly a million vehicles due to faulty airbags. The recall includes the Buick Enclave, Chevrolet Traverse, and GMC Acadia vehicles from 2014 through 2017, with airbags produced by ARC Automotive. GMC says drivers can have the airbag replaced for free. This is USA News. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. All right, so we've teased it long enough. Texas Roadhouse, is it a race hoax? Did it happen? Well, you be the judge. Here's the story. Out of the Cincinnati Inquirer, and uh, the story goes that a group of 11 diners came into the restaurant, and they were apparently all dressed as Confederate flags. They had a baby with them who was also a Confederate flag. (laughs) What, a diaper? They were just all wearing Confederate flags. It doesn't really go into detail, but they all had the Confederate flag on their body in some shape, form, or fashion, apparently. And that throughout the entire dinner, uh, they repeatedly used racial slurs. Back they said nothing but the N-word, supposedly, <laughs> according to this guy. That must have been an in- interesting uh, conversation. A baby with a Confederate flag <laughs> diaper and adults saying the N-word per- endlessly to one another. Presumably they had to say something other than that because they ordered food, but uh, maybe they just pointed to what they want. And, 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 I want that N-word hamburger. <laughs> I want that N-word french fry. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Uh, well, it says one was wearing a Confederate flag sweatshirt. Uh, some were wearing Confederate flag jackets, uh, Confederate flag onesie for the baby. <laughs> and the uh, server said it felt like he wasn't even a person. Uh, and actually, you know, Keith, you would assume, as I did, that they were using the dreaded word that only blacks can call one another yeah uh, the words that white people are not allowed to say but it doesn't actually say it in this article now it says they use racial slurs but the one that they mentioned is that they called the server boy Uh, now again uh we'll we'll take the guy's word for it uh he was angry he says he was angry and shaking as he put the table's order into the computer and he said he had to step outside to regain his composure and replay in his mind what had happened but that's when he started to break down now this is a grown man we're talking about here and he said that he just went over to the dumpster and cried uh, because now, it well, felt I, like he wasn't even a person. Now, it doesn't actually say what they called him, except for boy. 
But uh, so, I mean, well, would it ever occur to you to go to a dumpster if you needed a good cry, James? You're a grown man. Now, I, I, I have been called everybody but a child of God by the entire national and most global news agencies. I've never cried about it. Uh, but supposedly this happened and he had to go out and cry. And of course, he had to let people know about it. And but here's the thing. There's no evidence of it. There's no, you know, everybody's got a cell phone. Everybody's got a cell phone now. One of his coworkers at the restaurant went to TikTok and talked about it, but she didn't have the time to actually document any of this that I've seen. So there's no evidence, uh, no no uh, pictorial evidence, no not not very audio smart. evidence, no uh, video evidence. But it it made a national news story because, again, just the allegation alone can make that national news story and probably make this guy a lot of money. Uh, Texas Roadhouse will probably give him a very nice uh, like package. The, like Fox settling out with Dominion about the voting machines. <laughs> well, I'm just saying we've seen these things like this turn out to be hoaxes in excess of 90% of the time. They have no evidence. It gets a, It's a national news story. It's being reported as a fact. But there's no evidence. Now, Texas Roadhouse said that they were going to provide this guy with, with a, a, professional, a professional therapist, but he declined the, uh, the, the offer because he wants to choose his own therapist who's more culturally aligned with him. Now, again, we're talking about a grown man here. You can't, if it even happened at all, which I am very skeptical of, uh, you can't call handle being called a name. You're going to cry. You're going to get a therapist. You're a grown man. Uh, they, they now, that's a, that, that. There's something wrong with this guy. They say he was saying there was just a generalized conversation. And if he like and, and, and if he's lying about it, which again I I don't know in this case, well, but well, I just know how most of them turn out. Wouldn't it be nice really if we found a company that said like Algonquin J. Calhoun said on the old Amos and Andy show? I not only deny the allegations, I resent the alligator. And we're not, we're not, <laughs> and we're not going to pay you a de- uh, red cent. Don't let the door hit you in the ass when you leave. It says here it's bad enough that everybody at work had to see me crying. Pretty much the whole country knows about it now. Well, but he's giving interviews about it anyway. Yeah, where, uh, <laughs> where, 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 where is the selfie? Where is the tape? Where are the photographs of all of this? You know, I guarantee you, somebody if somebody came, if a group of people came in with confederate flag motif things on from head to toe somebody would have taken a selfie of that and particularly a black staff member and this guy was a black staff member and so was the one who originally put it on tiktok uh which led to the national story and uh, this guy said i want you to know that what i went through was real it took me a while to get my head wrapped around it when i was standing out back by the dumpsters but you know it happened so, uh, any, you know, I was talking to a friend in Texas, a friend in the, in the Dallas area about this, and he said if it actually had been a group of people, a group of our people, the black server would have been treated better than usual. He would have gotten at least a 20% tip. So it's probably a hoax, no evidence. We've gotten into this USSR lie territory now where they report on how great things are and people can look outside and see the bread lines. But, this, I mean, they will tell you anything now. A non-white uh, is a white supremacist. Five black cops killing a black guy is white supremacy. Uh, killing a black guy is white supremacy. Uh, this, this, this thing... Um, they also have Potemkin villages now, you know, where Potemkin on the railway put up facades of new buildings so that they could brag to the commissars about how much progress they were making in, uh, you know, improving the life of the normal Russian uh, peasant when actually it was all a fraud. The same type of thing happens. You hear it on the daily news about all these 
new charities and new efforts to help raise black people, you know, that have been held down for so long, and none of it ever amounts to a hill of beans. Nobody comes back in six months and says, well, what did this group actually do? Because the answer is invariably they didn't do anything except take people's money and run like a bandit. Now, this guy may want to move to California because that's where it looks like they're going to try to pay uh, blacks up to $1.2 million in reparations now. And did you did you read the article about how this is going to be fleshed out? No, tell me. Listen to this. So this is in the, you know, the San Francisco area, of course, in California. Uh, they, they've settled on uh, a max, a cap of $1.2 million in reparations payments. You don't just get it in a lump sum. It's tiered. If uh, and I read this and I couldn't believe it. I mean, this is this is where we're at now in this in this godforsaken country, or this not a godforsaken country, a country that has forsaken God. But uh, this is uh, this is it. If um, if you didn't get a loan, if you're black and you didn't get the loan you wanted from a bank, you're you're entitled to uh, a payout of up to a couple hundred thousand dollars. It says now, if you have experienced over policing you can get paid for each instance of that and for how many every years it took place so uh, basically you can look and say yep that box i'll check that box check that box that happened five times that happened 17 times that happened uh, this number of years and each one comes with a payout amount uh, over policing each incident comes with a payout amount uh, each time you were denied a loan you get a payout amount and it can add up to 1.2 million dollars <laughs> well see you know why do they even bother because 1.2 million dollars ain't going to satisfy them i tell you, it's like jared taylor said once you pay the dane geld you always have to pay the dane geld you start paying reparations it will never be satisfactory it will always be inadequate <clears throat> you're going to have to continue paying forever uh, you know, it's like, you know, the thing about white racism and claims of white racism and uh, reparations for those things, you never, ever, if you had a credit card that never ran out of money, would you give that credit card up? That's it. That's it. Well, and you know. Black people are not, you know, you start this. And you have opened Pandora's box. Yeah, if, if all of the set-asides and quotas and scholarships and advancements that weren't earned based on merit, if that, none of that's enough, why is $1.2 million all of a sudden going to be the fact, magic number? In fact, what they need to do when the Supreme Court strikes down affirmative action as is expected to happen, I'm going to be the first in line to make my claim for reparations for a, a career that was... Uh, stultified. I tell you what, the white it. residents of Atlanta and 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 other, Chicago and other places deserve reparations for what the, the, this group of people have destroyed the cities and the living conditions. But and, and, you know, Memphis thought this was a good idea. The majority black Memphis city government thought this was a great idea that San Francisco had. They want you know to, to pay. They want payouts, but but they could. They didn't even have enough money to fund the study. <laughs> no, they, they're paying it all out to cronies for uh, spurious jobs uh, with the government. Uh, basically, if you have a city government that votes for this, that is proof positive that the state needs to revoke the city's charter and govern the place out of the state capital because the people there are incapable of having the, you know, adult reasoning necessary to run any type of government. They've, they've proven to be, it's basically a, a you know, a romper room, a, a, a kindergarten class pretending to be a government.
Anyway, uh, so this is where we're at. This is where we're at this evening, and uh, I'm sure next week will be equally <laughs> absurd. <laughs> people, people uh, you know, using OPM, other people's money, and spending it, and, you know, what do they always do? They always turn to the state government with their hands out for more money. We'll and be they right spend back. it like this. We'll be right back. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44, gave the left evil, spiritual power the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present day end time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the new Jerusalem, Revelation 21. M is for the million things she gave me. O means only that she's growing old. E is for the tears she shed to back everybody a quick announcement here before we continue on with the third and final hour here in just a few moments of the our book uh, that was released on april 1st to kick off last month's special series confederate history month uh, we can't keep them in stock uh we uh, ordered a box uh, we the box was accounted for before it even arrived we finally got all of those uh, uh books out uh, so 
Uh, a lot of books are, are in the various in the process of, of being delivered, yes. Uh, and we've got more coming in. So please continue to uh, support this program. And if you can, uh, it helps us the most. If you can get an autographed copy of The Honorable Calls of Free South. When uh, the book came out, it uh, immediately charted at number uh, 19 on Amazon uh, in the nationalism category. And uh, typically what happens, I mean, it's the same way that happens with movies. When movies are released, they, their peak weeks or the opening weekend of the next week or two, and then it starts to uh, sort of dissipate. Well, um, as of yesterday, uh, or I believe it was two days ago, I was out of town yesterday, we went up to the museum, but two days ago I checked and we were at number 11. Uh, and so it actually has increased after a month and a half. That is a very uncommon. There's definitely an appetite out there for this book. And uh, we are continuing to fill orders, and we would love uh, to fill yours if you've not yet gotten it. Keith, I want to go to the mailbag, though, if I could, and just read a couple of letters that have come in. Uh, about the book and uh, about the show in general. Uh, this comes from uh, Tori in Maryland, and she writes, uh, Dear James, congratulations. Here's to your recognition from those with political power and influence. They realize yet again who they're dealing with. And that was actually in response. Getting congratulations letters for being blown off of Twitter. Uh, and so thank you, Tori. And she bought the book, and uh, I was happy to uh, send her a copy here uh, a couple of days ago that's uh, on its way. And uh, this comes from a listener in West Virginia. Uh, Dear James, greetings from the hills of West Virginia. Just received your email concerning your latest book. Please send me this book now. And it's in all capital letters with four exclamation points. One, two, three, four. I wanted to do something to honor our Confederate ancestors and preserve the memory of their sacrifice. What better way to do it? than to order this new book and to support your unreconstructed broadcast. He goes on to talk about how much he enjoyed uh, our Easter special a few weeks ago with Michael Hill and Pastor Brett McAtee. He says that he and his wife listened to all three hours at one sitting. And uh, he wishes us, Keith, both you and I, uh, thanks for our many years of dedicated service and prayers and best wishes for future endeavors here. Uh, so we, that's from Maryland and West Virginia. Here is... One from a listener in North Carolina. Uh, dear TPC, hope this finds you and each of your families doing well. I already purchased a copy of the book, The Honorable Cause, but I would love to have an autographed copy too. Uh, and he goes on and talks a little bit about uh, his background and what he does. And uh, he writes that he sends us thoughts, love, and prayers uh, for us and our beloved South and, and our people. And uh, he asked that God's lead leads guides and protects us and blesses each of us. And that's from a listener in North Carolina. And then lastly, a listener in Arizona, uh, here writing, this is just, uh, this, this, uh, latest, uh, few days mailbag. Uh, hi, Keith and James heard about your ban on Twitter. I never joined Twitter because I didn't see the point. I don't have enough time in the day as it is. That said, TPC is an invaluable voice for our people. I never miss a show. Uh, I listen to you and Keith for humor, truth, and inspiration. I'll miss Tucker Carlson, though he wouldn't name names. He did expose many of the purposeful efforts to exterminate white Christians without stating the true intent. TPC doesn't hold back or sugarcoat any issue. I agree that there is an orchestrated attempt to silence the voices of our people. I hope that they fail. And uh, this is actually a monthly contributor who says he will be upping his monthly amount because folks are back. You know, it did get pushed a little bit further up against the wall. 
Uh, he says, I can't imagine shutting down uh, you and Keith. That would be devastating for me personally and for our people. Fight on, brother. And we will with listeners like, listen, uh, this is just four off the top of the mailbag you heard from Arizona, West Virginia, Maryland, and North Carolina. It's a widespread audience. And that's something about the book that I've been so pleased to see. I mean, obviously, we have a, a huge you know, audience here in the American South. It's but a it's shame not thing, just there. It's a shame things have gotten to this point where really secession seems to be the only uh, alternative for our continued survival as a people. But on the other hand, you know, they've taken down our statues, they've taken down our flags, they've taken down and they're trying to destroy all memory of our ancestors and that shows me just how important it is that we preserve all of those things get those statues into a safe place like we've done here with nathan bedford forest statue in tennessee uh, and continue to tell your children the old stories about the fortitude and the uh, intelligence and and the bravery of our ancestors in coming here in the first place and then thriving and then fighting uh, the Union Army for and Abraham Lincoln for our uh, independence. This is a really, you know, a, a sterling, uh, what would you call it, a, a history for any people. You know, we've done everything that we could, and it's time now that, you know, we've tried reconciliation but reconciliation isn't working. They're coming back stronger than ever trying to destroy us, and we're not going to sit down and take it. And a lot of people identify as Southerners, whether or not they have roots here. And, of course, this book has been well-reviewed around the world. Remy Tremblay uh, for his French-Canadian journal, Sasha Rossmuller for the German magazine, uh, Deutsch Stem, uh, also uh, Tom Sunich for the Occidental Observer. Now, that's an American publication, but Tom, of course, is a Croatian. And uh, it has two new reviews since last week. It uh, was reviewed by Clyde Wilson for the Abbeville Institute. Clyde Wilson, of course, the distinguished professor emeritus of history at the University of South Carolina. And the father of Ann Wilson. Uh, that's right. That's exactly right. He was a contributor to the book. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, so it might not surprise you that he wrote a good review. Roger Devlin uh, wrote a very uh, fair review at Amran that I enjoyed. Uh, I didn't know that uh, actually Roger had been commissioned to write that review, but Roger emailed me a couple of days before it was released, and I uh, expected it and anticipated it and want to thank Jared for putting that up there. And we and, weren't disappointed. Roger comes well, through Well, Roger's the, the best, and uh, he will be talking to Roger. Actually, we're so booked up on this show, I, I, I only booked one guest tonight because we had so much news to sort through after, again, the two months of special programming, but we're actually booked out uh, right now, at least through June 17th, and Roger Devlin will be appearing on that June 17th broadcast. That's how far out we're booking guests right now. But uh, Devlin wrote a good article. And listen, I mean, it was a fair and objective article. Uh, he, he asked some questions and had some comments about certain aspects of the book. Remember, uh, this book isn't a monolithic effort either. This was written by 12 different authors. It's a, a compilation. And uh, none of the contributors knew what the others were writing. And I think it came together very well. But Roger, you know, touched on something that I noticed. And that was the contribution of our friend Neil Kumar, who was on with us just as recently as a couple of weeks ago for Confederate History Month. Neil saying, hey, you know, very stridently, white Southerners don't need other people from outside of the South. And to that I say, well, I, I get the spirit of that. I mean, listen, I mean, I, I have more in common 
you know, across the board with pro-white Southerners whose roots in the American South stretch back 200 years or more because that's who I am, Christian, pro-white, pro-South, pro-Christian. But, you know, I, I think let's not be hasty here. We're looking at the support this book is getting from uh, around the country and around the world. This program has always received a similar support. Even though we're, you know, obviously very heavy on the pro South stuff, especially in April, but throughout the year, well, that shows there's a lot of empathy for the Southern well, cause we need, outside uh, of the South. That's the thing, Keith. I mean, uh, you can take native-born Southerners who have uh, sold out on their patrimony and have betrayed their ancestors, like so many in the Southern Baptist Convention, for instance. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have common ground with those people. I mean, I do in in terms of the, the, we have the same background, but we have nothing in common. Uh, spiritually and mentally, and I'll take a guy like our friend who never misses a show, Rick in South Brooklyn. This is a native New Yorker who has moved down to the South, and uh, I, I this is a guy who is with us on everything, including the South, but absolutely everything. I'll take Rick in South Brooklyn over a lot of native-born Southerners, and I don't have any problem saying that. I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, your roots go back to... Uh, we have another New York friend, Mr. Confederate Man. That's right. Well, so that's, this is the thing. We need whites of like mind around the world. We can't fight these uh, petties it's the, and by the way when america balkanizes again it's not going to be north versus south it's not even going to be just the south it's, we've talked about this it's going to be mountain west it's going to be some areas of the pacific It'll northwest a spiritual divide and it's not even going to be states keith this is the thing now at this point it's going to be rural versus urban i mean memphis and atlanta and and uh, Birmingham, the rural South is totally different than the urban South. And and so it's not even going to be just states versus states. It's going to be town versus town. It's going to be a whole new different thing. Well, what a lot of the news that you've heard on this show tonight shows you, the basic divide is spiritual. Some people are spiritually in our corner, and there are other people that should be spiritually in our corner that are not. And I want that spirituality to be the... Uh, the touchstone, the uh, North Star for determining what our nation is. We need people that think like us, not that just look like us. We need to get people here in the South that understand that what the South stands for is different from what uh, other parts of the nation, particularly New England, were thinking back in the time of the founding of the nation. And, I'm, you know, it's incredible. It's it's stretched on to today. Now, you know, that divide that existed when the nation was founded is still alive and well today. More than ever before. I mean, we're divided now in ways we've never been divided before because that's what you get with the multiracial, multicultural, polyglot nation. That's what Rebecca Dillingham writes in the book. Anyway, support the program. Get the book. We've got a pivotal second quarter fundraising drive coming up at the start of June. This is a, this is a big one. I mean, we've... We've had uh, some issues with inflation and rising costs and losing Twitter. This is uh, We need all hands on deck right now. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. 
there's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina is a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com. You're home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Is there a count somewhere? You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. You're listening to the Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607 203 5423. That's 607 203 5423. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyrics to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover selfdefensefund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide, as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. You thought you had found a good girl One to love you and give you the world Now you find that you've been misused Talk to me, I'll do what you choose I want you to go a lot of news to get through tonight had a huge show last week i mean talk about having a backlog of guests that had piled up after a couple of months of special programming i saw a backlog of news a backlog of news we're sorting it all through we're alleviating the log jams here the first two weeks of may but last week want to thank again kevin mcdonald paul Fromm, tom sunich gregory hood and sam dixon that was a powerhouse broadcast Tonight, not too bad either. Lots of news, and uh, Tim Murdoch, always good to catch up with him. And uh, so here we are. Uh, Here we are. And I liked what Tucker Carlson wrote 
uh, in response to his firing. And this is the way, I mean, as we are always optimistic uh, when facing constant and relentless adversities and, and struggle, here's what Tucker Carlson wrote. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid, Tucker Carlson says. They've given up persuasion. They've moved to force, but it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, and that's what we do here, by the way, Keith, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink, and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. Where can you still find Americans saying true things, Tucker asks rhetorically. There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. I love that. I mean, we have always, I mean, it has never been easy for us. We have faced opposition and attack uh, since the, our very first weeks on the air. It has continued unabated. But like Tucker, I enjoyed the struggle. Of course, I don't like injustice and i don't like injustice being visited upon us uh but you know i do i do it to them and See, I, there I mean are so that. many people that will tell us that we're on a fool's errand that we can't win but you know spiritually we know we've got to win we know that god is on our side and when god's on your side it doesn't matter who your enemies are this is what we have to you know we, we have to keep fighting the good fight as you say often james and i think that uh We've been doing it now for almost 20 years. Uh, you've do it been with doing a happy it. heart. Do yeah. it in a way that will be attractive to the people you that we need. Well, that, the thing is, we do it with a happy heart because we have everybody's best interests in mind. It's quite frankly better for all races when white people are the ones running the government, for example, and running the businesses and controlling the education. And it's also better when conservative or conservative-leaning people are in charge rather than liberals. Liberalism has a unblemished uh, record of failure in America over the past 70 or 80 years. And everything that is wrong with America can be laid at the feet of liberalism. And liberalism, of course, is uh, a large generic category that is really you know it's now become wokeness which is kind of absurd liberalism so we've got to keep fighting and the fighting is working we are making inroads all the time why because we're making good arguments and two because the left is so laughably inept they have you know they are the least popular ideas ever and everybody realizes they're bad. The rest of the world is running from America because they're trying to enforce those crazy woke values on them as, for example, uh, uh, the admission ticket to get involved in our economic activity. Well, they said, you know, if that's a cost, we ain't paying it. All right. So here's the thing, folks. It's like uh, Jared Taylor wrote when announcing the 2023 American Renaissance Conference. By the way, that just got announced last week, so we can let the cat out of the bag, that I'll be back there speaking again this coming up August. What are the dates for this? August 11th to the 13th, once again, at Montgomery Bell Inn and Conference Center near Nashville, Tennessee. Sam Dixon will be speaking there, as he does every year. Ricardo Duquesne, like him a lot, a Canadian academic uh, uh friend of ours, uh, Gregory Hood, who you just heard from last week, Reuben Caleb, 
uh, a former member of the parliament in Estonia, Jared Taylor, of course, will be there and, 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 and announcing the conference. Uh, tickets on sale now, by the way, at amren.com. Uh, Keith, you say this all the time. There's a Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. Could it be a blessing in disguise? It would be hard to think of more interesting times than right now. This is what Jared writes in this uh, promo for the conference. Never has the anti-racist left been so powerful or so ridiculous. Never have we faced greater censorship or had so much popular appeal. Join us for a weekend of ideas and camaraderie as we rise together to meet the challenge. And those, those are very interesting dual truths. Our, our enemy is very powerful, but it has never been more ridiculous. We have never been more censored or had more popular appeal. So it comes again to the question, does the system, are they acting out as they are now because they feel particularly powerful or particularly vulnerable? Well, it's kind of an ironic situation. Uh, the more ridiculous they are, the more powerful they tend to get. But on the other hand, their power is its own indictment. People see what they stand for. For example, sexual depravity is some type of civil rights. Men can give birth to children and stuff like this. This type of idiocy, nobody is that dumb. And people say, if you truly believe that, you need to be under lock and key. That's what's happening in the world now. That's why everybody is running from America and NATO to embrace China and Russia. It's because they don't want to embrace that type of evil, that type of stupidity uh, that is represented by the positions of the left that uh, dominates the World Economic Forum, uh, Davos, uh uh, you know, uh, the European uh, Parliament, all sorts of things like this. Nobody with a, a, a grain of sense thinks that they're right. And these people insist they're right. So people throughout the world are coming to the conclusion that the left is insane. And they are. And what can you do, you know... You cannot do anything more to indict them than just let them talk and uh, spout out their nonsensical ideas to the public generally. And the public generally will say, these people are nuts. That's it. All right. So I am the beneficiary of being on different email group lists that get a lot of great content. If I just sit back and let the emails come in every week, from people who are uh, having conversations in these discussion threads, we could fill the show. And, you know, yeah, I mean, it, there could be some sort of deus ex machina event, uh, systemic economic collapse, a catastrophic defeat in war, mass famine, or even the Lord himself returning that delivers us from all of this and turns things on its head. But on a more positive note, Soviet Union died a re relatively anticlimactic death. Maybe our regime will, too. We'll be back. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. 
If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime. There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies, John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then, the more they use the lie, the more they reproduce the lie. The more spiritual power they get. Now look, the media is a lie multiplier. And this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast. That power protects the cells of the beast from prosecution. Why isn't Hillary in prison? She is protected. We must restore our national relationship with God. Truth is sacred in the kingdom. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Isaiah 9, 6. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Up with the sun, gone with the wind. She always said I was lazy. Leaving my home, leaving my friends. Running when things get too crazy Out to the road, out beneath the stars Feeling the breeze, passing the cars well, That comes from uh, the album Beautiful Loser, I believe, and that's what we don't want to be. We don't want to be that. We that's what we've been too much in the past. <laughs> Yeah, going back some time now here on this continent, unfortunately, but it didn't used to be that way. It certainly wasn't that way with the, the story we were talking about at the beginning of the second hour. It wasn't that way in 1539. Well, uh, see, with, the difference <laughs> is that we have allowed the camel's nose in the tent of the left. We do not need to take them seriously. We don't need to take them any more seriously than King John Sobieski took uh, the Sultan when they attacked the uh, city of Vienna back in the 1600s. This is, you know, we cannot let ourselves fall under their spell and try to take them seriously and debate them because they don't believe in rational debate. They just want to use, it's like uh, Vilfredo Pareto said back in the 19th century, the famous Italian socialist. He said, when I am weak, I ask you for equality and justice because those are your values. He said, when I am strong, I deny equality and justice to you because those are my values. That's what it is. It's like also like Alexander Pope said in the essay on man. He said, vice is a monster of so frightful a mean that to be hated needs but to be seen. But seen too oft, familiar with her face, we first endure, then pity, then embrace. Our first reaction is the right one, just like it is with all of this wokeness, this craziness about transgenderism and stuff like this. Call it out as the inane stupidity and insanity actually that it is all right thank you keith for that and uh now let me just tell you something folks 
this is big news for us. I, I've been anxious to be able to say two words that I'm about to say to you for uh, two months. Uh, and for that two-month period, uh, during March Around the World and Confederate History Month, when we're having the special guests on, he goes into the dugout. He, he goes into the dugout to recuperate mentally and spiritually, and he takes a little time off. That's his off-season. Uh, and then we had originally intended to bring him back last week once we finally emerged from the two uh, months of special programming. Uh, but then we had me getting kicked off Twitter, so we had to have the, the roundtable. But uh, that's all behind us now. And now it is my pleasure to now tell you. What you've been waiting for. Jack's back. Jack's back. Jack Ryan is back. Don't hit the road, Jack, but Jack is back. <laughs> and he's still alive and he's still kicking. And, Jack, uh, your off season is over. It's back, uh, it's back uh, to – to the playing field. How you been doing, brother? We've missed you. Um, I, I survived. I survived another Midwest uh, winter and spring. Uh, very cold and wet, very Scotland-ish. Uh, the parks are all uh, very green. And it's okay. I think bad weather and I get on. My ancestors were in Russia, Germany, England, places like that. They weren't playing beach volleyball with women in, in bikinis like other people. So Not that you would mind that, probably. Right probably get used what to have that. You got against, <laughs> what have you got against women in bikinis? Yeah, I, no, that, that's totally out of character <laughs> for you. Well, well hey. I mean, unless it's uh, Elena Kagan in a, in a bikini. Yeah, that's why right. you didn't yeah, say what kind of woman, Keith. Wear burkas or something like that. <laughs> that reminds right. me that you had this. had some changes. I gave up uh, alcohol drinking, which is a kind of a change. I just drank. I used to drink beer and wine, but a lot. But I got a scary report from my doctor, so I just I just ended that. And I had I inherited so many good things from my grandfather and my father, but I inherited snoring. Uh, they call it apnea. They got all these medical words for things like that. But I, I've got some uh, some good advice, and I've got some cures for the for the snoring. So that worked. And given up uh, drinking, and for a while I was I was having good sleep. But now my subconscious, they were not prepared for these things, but they've now re reorganized and now they're torturing me with bad dreams again. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no. This I'm, world will do it good. to you. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you're up in Illinois, Jack. So, well, yeah, so I, 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 like I, I got to ask you, I know you've got a, a, a program prepared for <laughs> us tonight. I want to get to all right. that, but I got to ask you first, because we, we covered this in passing, but we didn't have enough time to cover it properly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you're up in Illinois, so you probably right. heard about the really outrageous election of the Chicago mayor. Now, you no longer have Lori Lightfoot, which you think would be a good thing, but not so. So so tell no, us what happened. Was, so basically, um, right. you tell us. Right. Well, I, one thing I can always say that I'll tell a joke before I, I get in there. The idea is that it. Can't get worse. It could have been worse. And there's this story about this guy, and he always was going. It could have been worse. It could have been after some horrible things. And so they say, okay, finally we got some story that's going to stump him. He's not going to say it could have been worse. And they had this close friend that everybody knew. It was like, and he came home and he found out that his wife was being unfaithful to him. He murdered his his wife and the lover, and then he committed suicide. And then the, then this guy goes, it could have been worse. And and he's like, how could it have been worse? How could it have been worse? He said, well, he could have come home an hour earlier when I was with his wife. So, let me give you oh, one like that. Oh, no, no, you got Keith started <laughs> yeah. now. I, this is one you need to put in your repertoire. <laughs> yeah. There's a place called Horn Lake, Mississippi that had a Spring Fest yeah. festival, and they tried to have some yeah. type of signature event. 
So they were going to yeah. n- nominate and crown the horniest man in Horn now, Lake. Guys, now. But then, on the other hand, <laughs> everybody right. dropped out when they found out the way to prove you're the horniest man in Horn Lake was to have sex with the ugliest woman in Horn Lake, right? Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Now, you're making that Kagan. up. No, that... You're making yeah, Lena Kagan. Are you right, making yeah. that up, Keith? No, I'm not making that up. I was there when it, they were trying to do it. Now it never well, saw the light of day. That it was in the uh, councils of the people uh, doing it, but they said there's no way that this is going to work. Now, how do I get the show back on the rails no, after YouTube? Get but okay, let's get back to the election. <laughs> Wait, no, no, the, the election. So basically, you you had this radical, right. full-on black Marxist who was basically running. If I understand correctly, you you can correct me because you're up there in that area. But uh, right. the he was gonna, basically going to defund the police. I mean, Chicago is already known as like black on black murder capital of the it, world. It is the murder capital of America. There's places and, that and have so, higher murder rates or things like that, but they do have the most murder. So I'm out of the city, but I, but I have property and business in the city. I keep track of it, and these things are not are not new. This Chicago is the Chicago that Frank Sinatra parties. sang so yeah. glowingly about. What happened? No, 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 no let's not get into what happened. Well, let's just okay. talk about it's this always, this one election. Right. Well, the, ahead, the election uh, is, I mean, all politics for a long, long time have been identity politics. People vote for their racial, ethnic or sexual group. Now, our people used to have people, candidates that knew how to be competitive, that could talk to regular people, people like Huey Long or a young George Wallace, Mayor Daly, Richard M. Daly Sr. won every single election in Chicago and nationally for 20 years, he, he helped elect. He probably stole some votes for John F. Kennedy. He was running as a fire, favorite son. These people knew how to run elections. So did Lee Atwater. Our people have somehow lost the ability to do this, how to appeal, how to put up precinct captains, organizations. And what, so what, what happened is, and I was arguing tooth and nail with these writers that had been kicked out of Chicago Tribune, good people for just being politically incorrect, they ran a good government reformer, uh, and he uh, he was just not good at politics. Paul Ballas, he was working for school choice, and uh, they the other side, there were like eight black candidates. And so what happens is the, the top two make the runoff, and uh, then they have the runoff. The guy who ran, not only was he socialist and uh, – uh, you know, there and Black Lives Matter. You guys still there? We're here. Oh, we're just uh, riveted, uh, Jack, listening. Okay, okay. so what happened was the runoff. This guy, this guy, what he was is he's the Chicago Teachers Union lobbyist. Now, he, like I, I was a public school teacher for two years. I tried my best. He was in the classroom for two years. He just passed all of his students, whether they could read or do math. And after that, he got a $125,000 job a year lobbying for more money for the Chicago Teachers Union. The Chicago public schools, which were pronounced the worst in America during the 85 under Harold Washington and the Reagan years, the worse they do, the more money they get. So they get $9 billion a year. That's over 30000 35000 per student. So those, those jobs, paying jobs, they, they voted for their, for their ethnic group to get all the city jobs, public teachers union, the maintenance place to clean up the place, the public um, bus drivers union. So they're voting for their group. Other groups, homosexuals and the like, are doing their own. And, and just our side just wasn't able to communicate with people. you got a guy like Lee Atwater or John F. Kennedy's father, Joe Kennedy. They knew how to run elections. It wasn't stealing them, but Joe Kennedy's uh, 
he would do things like he would find the name of some guy that was running against one of his three sons, and he'd run somebody else with the same last name. And that's the kind of thing. So our people were always doing good government, school choices, lower crime, and things like they're that. They're beautiful so losers. Nobody yeah. ever heard of. Yeah, they're beautiful losers. They just don't know how to run camp campaigns. And they didn't. You could have played other ethnic groups. There's a big Polish community. Uh, the Hispanic. Hold on, Jack. Uh, Hold on, Jack. I know you're loaded up after uh, two months of uh, hibernation. We'll be right back with you. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmash. President Biden delivered the commencement address at Howard University today. Biden telling graduates that they are the future of this nation and will be the ones to lead us into tomorrow. We're living through one of the most consequential moments in our history with fundamental questions at stake for our nation. Who are we? What do we stand for? What do we believe? Who will we be? You're going to help answer those questions. Biden also reminded the graduates that he tapped one of their own, Kamala Harris, to become the first black vice president. I'm John Schaefer. After leaving Howard University, Biden said they are getting closer to a debt ceiling deal, but they are not there yet. Hundreds of abortion rights activists applauded in Raleigh today as Democratic Governor Roy Cooper placed his veto stamp to a bill that would lower abortions in the state from 20 weeks to 12. Standing in the way of progress right now is this Republican supermajority legislature that only took 48 hours to turn the clock back 50 years on women's health. It's not certain if North Carolina's GOP has enough votes to override Cooper's veto. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis made a series of stops in Iowa today. As reports indicate, he is about to make it official, announcing his candidacy for president. He said the GOP has a good opportunity to win the White House in 2024, but... If we get distracted, if we focus the election on the past or on other side issues, then I think the Democrats are going to beat us again. Uh, And I think it'll be very difficult to recover uh, from that defeat. Former President Trump was unable to hold his outdoor rally in the Hawkeye State on Saturday due to severe storms throughout the area. This is USA News. President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer. American citizens and business owners will be paying more taxes. That's a fact. And if you owe back taxes, they will be coming after you to collect payments. In fact, President Biden also hired thousands more IRS agents to go after you. If you got a letter from the IRS and you know you owe back taxes or you haven't filed in years, don't put your head in the sand. Call us today. We've saved our customers millions of tax dollars. One quick, free phone call will show you how we can reduce your past tax bill and save you thousands, guaranteed, or you pay nothing. Call now. 800-511-6046. 800-511-6046. That's 800-511-6046. She would embarrass you anywhere. She let everybody know she didn't care. Give me a chance, I've been begging you. I'm 
Tom, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, that's uh, from us to you and from Jack. Uh, from yeah, James Jack. Keith and Jack. Now, Jack, is that Chicago rhythm and blues or not? <laughs> I didn't recognize the the the, the song. So our, our rhythm and blues was Delta Blues that moved. That moved well, that was, that's Chicago. Etta James. The last guy. You know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I thought I that'd be right blues. up Jack's yeah. alley. Uh, she uh, also sang At Last. Yeah, buddy guy the last of the classic blues guys. He's still he got a bad divorce, but you know, most, most American. <laughs> I, uh, real quick real quick, Jack, before we move on from the election. So basically, I mean what you had here was a radical black Marxist running against a part and parcel liberal for the Chicago mayor to, guy that wants to yeah, yeah. To, to, to replace Lori Lightfoot. He was a beautiful loser who wouldn't really go an attack mode on them, and as a result, he lost. All right, but the guy oh, who won... He just to do ethnic politics, and he's a policy wonk. I was trying to get people to run a well-known Chicago sports celebrity like the, some of the Bears players from the 85 Bears, that everybody, greatest football team of all time. They could have got African-American middle linebacker Mike Singletary, who's kind of conservative, or Gary Fensick, hardest-hitting safety of all time. He's also a Yale graduate. Everybody knows these people, and regular people do vote for sports celebrities. They don't vote for some policy wonk that nobody ever, ever knows. Yeah, that, we're at, just, least, at least Donald policy. Trump thought they did until he ran a right, Herschel yeah. Walker. Now, well, he, we're going to get yeah. into this, but, but, but Jack, yeah. we're going to get into the beautiful losers. But right. Sam right. Francis talked about that, didn't he? That was his... That and anarcho-tyranny were two of his signature issues. All right, but, but Jack, I mean, the yeah, thing is, the radical yeah. black Marxist beats the system lackey, and he runs on this BLM platform of uh, you know, getting rid of the police. If you commit a, uh, if you commit a crime, we're going to send a counselor out to tell you how you, know, you maybe should have not done right. that. But we're not going to arrest you. Looting. You know. looting. Yeah, but yeah. The, so Legal what happened immediately looting. after the election? I mean, immediately after the election, you had a rampant crime spree and, and uh, outright thuggery and anarchy and and beatings on the streets in Chicago, right, Jack? It didn't make it all the way out well, to you. Well, that's kind but... of a that, – that, that's not – it's just sort of a – I mean, I've lived in big cities my whole life. I, I didn't remember the 1950s, early 60s that Keith remembered. I was seven years old when they had the summer of 68 riots and all these things. So I'm prepared. I've lived in these areas, in, not just in Chicago, but in New York City. After college, I was a public school teacher in Brooklyn. And crack cocaine came out. So these these bad things are kind of they're constant, but they're not. They're it's not hard to understand. So it's not like it's you're going to get caught. I'm not going to get caught unaware. The first warm night uh, in Chicago, the youths of our city are going to invade <laughs> the lakefront in downtown by the red line. And so if you're or or the blow off of a free fireworks exp, uh, display on Navy Pier or Halloween, so. Yeah, it's bad, but if you know what's going on, if you got some street smarts, you're not going to get caught in a flash mob uh, there. So what happened? Nobody got killed, but yeah, it's it's the the youth wilding is very. It's similar to the uh, English soccer hooligans from the '80s. They used to follow around their teams and terrorize people, and that's 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 just what youth does. If you're just a coward or something like that, you're going to get terrorized. But we, um, our listeners at the political cesspool, are not naive. We're not cowardly, so I don't think most of us are going to get caught in something like that. And if well, we did do, it surprise we'll, we'll you, Jack? Yeah. Did it surprise you that there was a rash of criminality, including black-on-white beatings, after this man who ran on a platform of uh, deplatforming the police uh, was elected in Chicago? Um, I didn't think there was a lot of 
racial. Um, when they had some tourists that got roughed up and biracial, nobody got killed. Yeah, the, the one woman moment, that was but, completely surrounded, yeah. the, the one white woman completely surrounded. Yeah, she was. I mean, it was an interracial couple um, that had. But again, I mean, that wilding use, the wilding use in New York City in the 80s, including the wilding mob that gang raped that Central Park uh, jogger. And she wasn't the only victim that night of that mob. And they all got away with it, you know. So, uh, yeah, these things are, are, are rough. You know, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, but there, there are so many atrocities. But as this horrible dictator of the Soviet Union, Stalin, just said after he was reported that over a million Christian peasants had, had starved to death in the, the Holodomor when they collectivized the, the private farms, he said uh, one death is a, is a great is a tragedy, but a million deaths is just a statistic. So what our people, our side's got to do is we got we have to tell the truth. Don't lie. But we have to come up with real personal stories about victims that are, sim- are sympathetic. The left does it with Trayvon Martin or Tawana Brawley or that drug dealer. And Till. Floyd. Our people just, yeah, yeah, Emmett Till. And so our side just quotes statistics that, yeah, Chicago has averaged over 650 murders every year for the last 40 years. But there, there are stories that just should be presented but we just don't have any good propaganda. It's like they had a story. The gangs in Chicago have figured out that the system simply will not punish at all uh, criminals under the age of 18. So the gangs get 16, 17, 14-year-olds to do armed carjackings, and they just get away completely. They had one that where well, they stole a car. The police did give face. They crashed into another vehicle, and they killed an eight-month-old baby. I think it was a white baby. So why don't we present that, that baby, as that story that would that would make people say, okay, this has got to stop. But again, our side just quotes statistics. We well, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you, meat. Jack. The yeah. answer to yeah. that is that's a great question. It's a great question. Right, it's a, right yeah. observation. And the answer is the people who would be willing to put that up there as our answer to Emmett Till have no voice in media right. in terms of, of Fox News and CNN and things like that. And, and and that's it. And the ones that are still there are too concerned about their position to do it. So that, that's it. It's easy to understand. That's one side. But rare... I, I just also think that we're just we're, there's certain things that Midwestern Anglos that my family comes from are, are Southern. We're just not we're not known for good. We're not good at foreign languages. We're not good at flamingo dancing. We're not and we're just not good at political advertising hey, like Lee Atwater was. Like Lee Atwater would have these issues. Man, he'd be right all over it. He would he would have it. And you would show interviews of the family and they would cry, this is real. You're not making this stuff up. But our side, and then we always want to do the pro-business side. We always want to tell, well, the problem in Chicago is not 800 murders and little babies being killed. The problem is that the taxes are too high and corporate, and they just they go well, on. Well, and, and listen, and that's a, that's a, that's a fool's errand, too, because because yeah. I yeah. mean, b- corporate America, big business, Chamber of Commerce has killed right. us on our issues. They've killed us. Yeah, that's a, that's a false. They've trial. killed that's us, but again, the and road. then we haven't. You got to make it personal. Like we did have a victory. I was going to play a different song um, beside the beautiful loser one of uh, Bob Seger, but they have a just a great parody and a really good-looking woman who did "Oh No Bud, Bud Light," and so that was a. a oh yeah, you put that and, up at Occidental Descent, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that they had a good-looking woman that's doing that. You got to make the the issue personal, and I'll keep recommending this book until some of our readers actually read it, which is "Rules <laughs> of Radicals" by Saul Alinsky. And oh, one yeah. of the principles well, is 
You got to make the you got to make the conflict personal. You can't fight City Hall. You can't fight the liberal media. You can't fight Anheuser Bush. But you most definitely can fight the idiot CEO. And I, I believe that there's a couple other ones, but his it was a real rich wasp Jack- uh, named Brendan Whitworth is the guy that is up there. He he wasn't the product manager. I got this MBA degree from a really spin. I was supposed to get a product manager. I got messed up for politics. But the guy that did that, his CEO, is Brendan Whitworth, and he gets paid a ton of money, and you got to make it personal. you got to go out there, find out where he plays golf, hang out, and you got to bring it to him so that he's punished, or the governor of Texas, or the Bush family. None of those migrants are, are going to the Bush family ranch in Crawford, uh, Texas. They're, they're not going to the, 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 the Obama's rural estate in Martha's Vineyard. They're just putting them on a bus and dumping them on on areas in Chicago, like where I used to live. And that the, our, our side does not make it personal. We don't know how to fight. We just complain. That's this why we it. always lose. This is it. This is it. Uh, Jack, you are <laughs> onto something here, as you so often are. That's why we've kept you around as a contributor right. and to our benefit for so many right. years now. But you just said uh, right. rules for radicals. Saul Alinsky. Keith, not right. a week ago, you were saying to me right. in private conversation off the air, if our people want to do what works, do what the left is doing. Exactly. They have the do blueprint the left for success. They, yeah, they dox people. I've been doxed, and I've doxed. It is better to have doxed and loved than, I don't know, some version of that. Doxed <laughs> never, never to have doxed at all. Better to have doxed than be doxed. Yeah, better to have doxed and lost than never to have doxed at all. Right. It, it is. And uh, you got to make it personal, and you've got you're just there. And we just – all kinds of traders. You go down the list from Inspiration Magazine, American Renaissance, or the worst traders of the year, people like George Will, uh, Rand Paul. Um, who was that guy, that, that Jack Kemp? Uh, Ted Turner, boy, that well, that he got punished enough on his own just for marrying Hanoi. Like <laughs> Mary Jane, marrying Fonda, Jane Fonda must have been like the seventh <laughs> circle of hell. Hang on, hang on. Whoa. Listen, here we are. We're back with Jack for the first time in two months, and already we're laughing and cutting yeah. up, but still getting to the real issues as we can only do with Jack. It's fun, but it's informative, and it's it's serious, and, and but you still laugh. We'll be back. One more segment with Jack. Stay tuned. Love this guy. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. The Epic Times.
www.thetimes.com. Looking for an IT partner that truly understands your needs? Managed IT Services is the answer. We meet with you regularly to discuss your goals and form a tailored technology plan. Our customers have called us a trusted advisor who delivers. When it comes to IT, we do it all. Firewalls, cloud storage, server migration, and more. Say goodbye to long-term contracts and hello to a team that earns your business month after month. Call 801-706-6980 now and let Managed IT Services transform your IT experience. Sometimes I get emails or, or questions from audience members. Uh, do you really like the music you talk about on the radio? And the answer is, the honest answer is, I don't. I don't like it. I love it. Well, the question is, what does D.D. Sharp singing mashed potatoes have to do with Mother's Day? Well, I, it doesn't have anything to do with Mother's Day, but... Uh, I guess mothers make mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it does have to do with Jack. Jack <laughs> is a dancing aficionado. He was talking about the flamenco a little bit earlier, and I like the song, so there's always that. <laughs> Uh, but the, the question is, Jack, can you do the mashed potato? Um, you know, and I, I, I actually confess I haven't heard that that song. Uh, what is this? I mean, where where are you? you've been hey, living under a rock? Or D.D. Sharp, Keith, <laughs> can you do the mashed potato? Yeah, I, know the, I can do the pony. I can do the mashed potato. Can you do the stroll? I can do the stroll. I can do the nitty gritty. Can you do the twist? Right. Oh man, yeah. who couldn't do the twist? Yeah, yeah right. That's okay, a, all right. Well, Daddy well, is let's, sleeping. Mama's not around. And the right, dance that on, I dude. do the best is called Surak, Say La Rock. The name is French. Well, you're doing real dances. England. We're talking about uh, 60. Okay. Yeah. What, 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 well, what type of a feet snobbery is this? Jack's doing real dances. I want to know if you can do the Freddy. I only want to know if you can't do the Freddy. Yeah, I can do the Freddy. And basically, doing the Freddy is like doing the twist. If somebody puts red ants in your underwear... Yeah, you can you can do that dance. But, but, but my version is like the twist, but you hold on to your partner and your spinner and things like that. So I'm really big on partner dancing, and I really don't dislike this idea of dancing. Sounds alone. like you're into sexual okay. harassment. No, 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 no. Well, partner dancing. No, we got to no. get back. I'm with, no. I'm with Jack. We, we yeah. got to get rid of it. We got to get yeah, back to partner Because if you're dancing, dancing alone, you're going to be making love alone. Okay, and there's a word for that, which I'm not going to show on a family <laughs> So we want our people to be partner dancing and socializing. And plus, it's, there's not that many things that I, at least I do that I like to do with women. You got a place partner. in Memphis called the Rumba like, Room, which is made yeah, for you. Yeah, I know the Rumba Room. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that Jack would be. All right, well, it, we got to we got to we got to switch gears. I got to talk about my movies. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right, okay, all right so I was going to play the Freddy, but we'll, we'll, there he right. is, right there. Yeah, there we'll, we'll watch right. it after the show. Anyway, well, Keith and I can do right. the dances, like the single song dance for the, the who couldn't do the twist. Right. We can't do the the, the stuff that right. they do the Rumba Room. What Jack? can do we can't do that yeah, can't do all right but jack that. listen i, I will okay. tell you this before i turn the floor. Right. We're, we're getting out of hand it's out of control we're off the rail right. uh jack right. i will tell you this though right. in sincerity right. two months off has done you well i have enjoyed right. this it has been a fast three seconds right. we got a few minutes remaining okay. the floor is yours you can talk right. about recommendations okay. be it book music okay. or movie recommendations or anything i want to recommend books and movies every week so that they happen and i like for our people if you can't actually read the whole book 
I used to have something called Cliff Notes when I went to college, like Shakespeare. That's how I got through school. The Cliff Note version of Brooklyn. Yeah, no, they have. Okay, so the book I recommend, again, and I've recommended before, but I think people aren't reading, is Rules for Radicals. It's not a large book, uh, but you study it, and there are just some basic rules. The most basic is make the conflict personal. Okay, the movies we're talking about tonight are the Peter Pan movies, and there are one, two, three, four, five. There's six ones. Peter Pan movies, including, uh, I mean, you think Disney is competing with itself for who can, what they can make for a worse woke remake that everybody hates that loses a ton of money. But apparently this uh, Peter Wendy, Peter Pan one is going to be the worst ever and it's going to lose the most money. Their stock went well, down. Well, Tinkerbell's in, black in the they, and they, they got a black Little Mermaid. Yeah. Little Mermaid's black. Ariel's they black got and the Tinkerbell's boy. black. Yeah, and Peter the Pan is gay. <laughs> Peter Pan's Bell's gay, black. and Wendy's knocking him around, bitch slapping him. So excuse me, friend. Um, and <laughs> it's feminist. Everyone, everyone hates this movie. They're going, and so they don't even release it in theaters anymore. They just stream DeSantis, it. DeSantis, please do America in the world of favor by yeah. driving well, Disney out. Well, of Jack's business. onto something because this is a major. Right. Listen here now. This is a, a live action. Right movie based upon right. one of the classic animations and put you know the original peter pan was right. fantastic or the book uh, but, but, very but, right so the book the book right. before that but right. this is right. uh this is it right. and now but they can't even it's so embarrassing they can't they, they have to release it on their streaming service which just lost like yeah. four million members in the last quarter because it's the kind of woke content they put out now let's call right here and now for a right. boycott okay. of disney modern disney well let's not get too uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> james watches well, that crap so, so, um, james likes the thing I like okay, the so there, there's, there's some other. Oh, here are the, the the Disney movies. There's the animated 1953 Peter Pan. There's Hook, directed by Steven Spielberg with Robin Williams, which I haven't seen the Boo. whole thing. Boo! Uh, Dustin Hoffman was in there. Yeah. That's yeah, all right. I'm sorry. Who was he? Tinkerbell. Right. No, he, he was, was Captain Yeah, they. I mean, it's you know, kind of Jay. And then there's a beautiful one in 2003, Peter Pan, uh, starring Jeremy Sumpter and Olivia. Williams, Linda, Lynn Redgrave, that Redgrave's famous family is in it. And the chemistry between Wendy and uh, Peter Pan is fantastic. It's traditional. It's the whole idea the boy will never grow up unless somehow he finds love. And Wendy knows she's got that power, and she's just tormenting Peter Pan, like, oh, he's scared that he'll have to grow up. It's fantastic. Then there was a beautiful one about the story of the writer, J.M. Barry, Finding Neverland, starring Johnny Depp. Uh, and that is just a classic English story. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's very good. There was some other pan I didn't look at, uh, but the I saw the animated one for the first time. I've seen uh, snippets of it before from 1953. The music is a little hokey. I don't think it's fun, but the actual uh, story and animation, the characters are fantastic. I think there are incredibly good captain up is really but good. none of these Wendy's was bad enough to satisfy yeah. the yeah. current executives yeah. at disney so they've made this yeah. new one right oh they want to try to get out and, and it's just it's very english english the wholesome but they have dreams and adventures of pirates and indians and they are and that's thing i love about 50 things is there's supposedly no sex but there's all this implied stuff so every female character in the, the 1953 animated peter pan's got the hots for Peter Pan, Wendy, in a wholesome kind of way. Then they have some mermaids, some sexy mermaids. The mermaids, mermaids, yeah. Tinkerbell, and then Tiger and, Lily. Uh, what's that? What's the Indian girl? Yeah. Tiger, the princess? Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Lily. Lily. And they, 
they are all these girls that got the hots for Peter Pan, and they're real jealous of Wendy. That's the thing of, of uh, Tinkerbell that Captain Hook works in on that. And, and Wendy is a perfect it, I mean, lady. It's just charming. It's amazing. It's fantastic. I, I, I just love it. I couldn't recommend it enough. So there's another subject we're getting. Our, we have so many problems with our people why we lose. And one of them is we're always so honest. We're always so law-abiding. There's a big percentage of our people. If, just, if, if they say the government passed a law that says you have to turn over your four-year-old to drag queens and homosexual propaganda, if they say the law, they'll do it. So I'm like, no, if it's a bad law, don't do it. And so since these horrible J uh, executives like Bob Iger at Disney are, are uh, taking all classic Disney, using the profits to uh, sexually groom kids at Disney themes, don't give them the profits. So I think we should pirate these classic Disneys and just sell it. I mean, we'd still be a British colony if we obeyed every single law, right? So Ron DeSantis is the you know, new Peter Pan taking on uh, <laughs> Captain Hook uh, as uh, the head of Disney. Where does Sme- who's Sme- right. this analogy? <laughs> what are you in this one um the father's pretty good he's kind of square uptight and the uh he's a little that overprotective does. of wendy and says, oh, that was got a, conrad got in these 53 but, yeah. yeah but no i think I, I i really think that that the peter i this first time i've seen the whole one together i didn't remember that there were mermaids in in this one in there and they're sexy mermaids and they don't like wendy coming in and they're they're trying to dunk her in water because they're jealous of that Peter Pan's given her all this uh, attention. The Captain Hook is a great, great guy. And there's, there's enough danger and excitement. And also, Wendy is a perfect lady. Yeah. She is just yeah. a perfect, I mean, She's a manners lady. and yeah, beautiful. Yeah, just absolutely perfect. And she wants to be a mom to the Lost Boys. Yeah, she wants to be a mom. But she also knows that she's Maternal got that, that one. She jumps in the arms of Peter Pan and tries to give him a kiss to make him grow up. So, uh yeah, and then the uh, it's great. It's 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 one of my favorite. I've never really I've never watched from beginning to end the the 1953 Peter Pan. They used to have women gymnasts uh, perform Peter Pan live in theater, like Kathy Rigby and and things things like that. So it was originally presented as a uh, theater uh, one, which is shown in that great movie Finding Neverland, and uh, it's a, just a charming. It's the English really had such writers. And it, 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 it transferred up until they used to do BBC and uh, Thames, and then it would come in the PBS in Boston. It wasn't very political, just great English-British uh, productions. I loved I, Claudius. I guess those things have, have kind of well, gone England down. Had so such a wonderful, yeah. uh, England had such a wonderful civilization until all the men were killed right. off by the likes of Winston Churchill in World Wars One and Two. <laughs> um. This is true. I mean, why did Anglo-Saxon English people go off to Saxony, Germany, to slaughter Saxon Germans? And I write it right. It wouldn't have been better if the Normans had invaded England from well, because Normandy the tribe Beach, wanted like them to. Ten sixty-six. <laughs> well, they did, or else right. our people end up doing stupid stuff. You don't see J people say, "Hey, let's go off to Israel and kill our J cousins." Do you see them doing stupid stuff like that? Nah, but you see they people. Haven't, in, they haven't been vilified say, for being yeah. white supremacists. Well, well, they are, but then, I mean, when I was posing the first uh, Bush senior rock war in Nashville, Tennessee, 30 years ago, that I was trying to tell people, like, this isn't our war. We've got enough problems. We, our borders aren't protected. Our cities are falling in the third world slums of drugs, disease, and despair. So why do you have to go off into Iraq and start invading and kill them? And the, the other ones are like, well, why not? You know, they just like war. They just want to support the troops, wave the flag. 
now that our, it's gotten so bad and our military is, is they're recruiting people with trannies to try to get people to sign up. If you're, so we'll do one, but if your son or brother is signing up for a long naval excursion on a submarine and, and they're playing the village people uh, in the Navy, I would Think say again. that's probably time to go AWOL. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's good stuff out there, but you don't have to consume the current what crap that goes out. And so we have to have our own networks of book clubs and film clubs, and there's good stuff. So, but, you know, we're not ruling this country. We live in an occupied country, so get used to it. We can't be conservatives. We've lost everything that was good about That's right. That is the perfect way to end the show. Jack, you were the highlight of the program tonight. Love Tim Murdoch. Thank always you so much. a great guest. Listen, I, 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 it's always an honor to work with you. Uh, great to have you back after, uh, you know, of course, in March it's international guests and in April it's southern themed guests. But it's great to have you back, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Uh, fantastic, fantastic presentation tonight. You're always coming prepared. You always have great topics and great things Thank to talk about. Thank you so about. much. For, I love you. Uh, for Keith Alexander, for um, Tim Murdoch, I'm James Edwards. You want to say goodnight to Jack? Good night, Jack, and uh, keep bringing it, buddy. Good night. All right, we'll talk to you all next week, ladies and gentlemen, as TPC rolls on. Good night. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Yeah.